0: Seattle Sports Diaries Podcast. Now, here is your host, Mike, and the rest of the SSD gang. What is going on, everybody? Welcome to Seattle Sports Diaries. Um, real quickly, that is our brand spanking new intro. And I'm not even going to lie, 509, it's even more sexier than when I first watched it.
1: <laughs> kind of reminds me of Sports Center.
0: Well, it, it had the baseball tonight theme, plus it did have the old Sports Center theme in there.
1: Uh, so, I just was saying what it reminded me of. I didn't, say it was a ba- I didn't say it was good or bad one way or another. It's a good thing. Sports Center is iconic.
0: Yeah. Uh, Max Tanzer is responsible for our theme for, for our new, uh, intro video. Uh, if anybody needs any work done, uh, he is a sports media major, uh, at, uh, Ithaca college. He also, it, again, he did a fantastic job with our, uh, with our intro. So if anybody needs any work done, if anybody needs, uh, an intro for their podcast, give, give this guy a holler because, uh, again, he did a fantastic job with Seattle Sports Diaries uh, intro. But let's go ahead and get to the big news for this past week. Ken Norton, he's gone. All Seahawks fans have been asking and praying for, and it finally happened.
1: <laughs> yeah, I think I think it, it came a year too late, really. Um, I did. I, I, I do believe. <laughs> I think that there was a lot of last year that saved it when they looked at it down the stretch, the pass rush came alive and this and that and this and that. And they won 12 games. They looked good. I, I think the big problem was that was a lot of smoke and mirrors propped up by really bad opponents, making a really suspect defense looking good. And then you saw it again this year where you had a stretch of four games in a row, they gave up over 400 yards of offense. And that's, that's like historically bad. And mm-hmm. then they had some, some, Oh, you can look to the fact that, you know, they allowed 21 points for game this season, but like down the stretch, they only allowed like 16 or 17 really, you know, and, and once again, you could be like, Oh, well, yeah, see what happened. Norton, he was master tactician and this, but he really wasn't, um,
0: you know, there's yeah, plenty of yeah. people that will
1: argue that on Twitter that he was this, this guy that should have got more credit than what he got. He really did. He didn't deserve the credit. He was bad in, in Seattle and continued to do bad. He was bad in, in Oakland, continued to do bad. And it's just, you know, he's not a D coordinator. I don't care what they say. And, you know, and you can spend numbers however you want numbers to spend. You know, the numbers don't lie, though. At the end of the day, they continually trended down.
0: Yeah, I mean, here's the thing. This uh, this firing was uh, a long time coming. It was a very, very long time coming. And, uh, you know the the Seahawks they can definitely find a lot better candidates uh than Ken Norton uh the big reason why Ken, Ken Norton was still on this team was again he was he, he was good in touch with uh with Pete Carroll he was well i mean USC guy i mean what do you what do he expect Pete Carroll's going to stand up for his guys um who was the guy that uh the uh, the, the need to look this up from the Dallas Cowboys because one guy that is being interviewed for the defensive coordinator job is the, uh, I think the special, t- he used to be the special teams coach, I, or he might be the special teams coach as of right now. Uh, so let me go ahead and look this up. So, uh, so uh, he's, I think he's the, def- I think, I think he's the defensive backs coordinator. But I can't remember. I, For the love of me, I cannot remember the name of him. But, uh, you know, here's the thing. this The guy who the Seahawks are going to go after uh, for defensive coordinator from the Dallas Cowboys or get permission to talk to, I mean, he's the guy that turned uh, Diggs into an 11-interception guy. I mean, th- he is personally responsible for the most interceptions uh, of any defense in the league. So, I mean, th- there, there's something behind what the Seahawks are going for uh, with this signing is what? Well, or well with there's this, good uh... things and
1: bad things because he, he also, Dig spends half of his time being burnt toast. Exactly. I mean, th- th- that's the only he bad gambles, part about Dig. He Diggs. gambles, it's big payoff or big failure. There's there's no two ends or about with Diggs. So, I mean, like he's got interception numbers, but because of the gambling he does, I think he's one of the lower rated cornerbacks. PFF does not rate him high. Let me put it that way. No, uh,
0: he has allowed the most uh, yards uh, that of any quarterback in the league. Which uh, here's the thing, you know when uh, when Richard Sherman was the best cornerback uh, in the league uh, those couple years with the Seahawks, you know he didn't he didn't allow a lot of yards. He held uh, wide receivers to minimum yards. I think he held. I think it was Calvin Johnson that he held him to what 37 yards uh, in one game. But you know Trayvon, Diz- Trayvon Diggs is. A not a containment type of cornerback but like you said he gets burned way too often and that's uh turned into a lot of yards given up but again you know the quarterbacks are going to keep challenging him but I think a lot of his interceptions have been luck but again like you said he yeah, has they, been one of yeah. the he's been one of the most burnt cornerbacks in this league so you know PFF, we're going to go off of PFF. You know, we're not, I'm not big on analytics, but when it comes to PFF, I'm trusting them. I'm actually trusting them for once, but it is, it is true. PFF does not rank uh, Trayvon Diggs as high as any cornerback in the league. And it's not because uh, of the interceptions. It's because like you said, he allows too many yards, but you know, I, I think, I think it is willing to take a good shot with uh someone coming from the Dallas Cowboys because again that defense is what or was one of the best in the league but unfortunately now uh the Cowboys they got a lot of uh Jerry Jones is not happy especially after la- this past weekend uh losing to the 49ers Making Kellen him Moore happy
1: again. Well well
0: I really who the hell cares who the hell cares if he's unhappy or not but uh Kellen Moore is possibly going to be on his way out to get a head coaching job. Dan Quinn is possibly going to be out to go get a head coaching job. Yeah, Quinn had
1: four interviews this week, I think.
0: Jeez, Louise. But the the thing that I have with Dan Quinn is uh, Dan Quinn tried the head coaching job before, and honestly, he had really one successful season. He, he technically only had one successful season, and that was it. So I don't know if going to the the head coaching spot is a smart decision for Dan Quinn. Um, but you know, more money. I mean, you can't blame the guy for chasing more money, uh, but I don't, I mean, Kellen Moore is an interesting, if you want to be
1: fair to Quinn. Look at the roster he was handed that couldn't stay healthy. He was constantly mix mashing parts on the defense and that team. I mean, look where that team's at now. Yeah.
0: Um, Kellen Moore is an interesting type of person to I mean, he he's definitely a good offensive coordinator. Don't get me wrong. Uh, I said last week here on the podcast with with Trevor talking about with uh, or I think it was actually the first podcast that we talked uh, with each other. But Jimmy Lake uh, going for a head coaching job, you know, I didn't think that was really that great of a move because he's a better defensive coordinator than he is a head coach. Um, there are some coaches that I think should stay where they're best suited for. Um, To me, Dan Quinn is a terrific, a terrific defensive coordinator. So I think he needs to stay a defensive coordinator, but you know, if he wants to go get a head coaching job, all more power, uh, more power to him. Uh, Kellen Moore is the same way. He's a good, he's actually a really good offensive coordinator. I don't know how he would be as a head coach, but It's going to be interesting to see the Dallas Cowboys next year because, again, they're going to be losing their defensive coordinator and they're going to be losing their offensive coordinator. Uh, And then let's talk about this. The Texans, I don't know what, I don't know how that team is still in existence with how poorly they're ran. They're interviewing Josh McCown for the head coaching spot. And I'm just like, really, Josh McCown? When you have Brian Flores, uh that's what kills me a lot. Is uh the Texans fired their head coach, but really, here's the thing why fire him? He was he was dealt a terrible team. What more do you want from him? And the other firing that shocked me was Brian Flores. Brian Flores was the one firing that shocked the ever loving hell out of me because uh look, you start out one and seven and you finish uh what is it eight and seven and one. So why would you fire a guy who was able to bring you back and almost get you into the playoffs? That doesn't make any sense to me whatsoever. I don't think that was the right move by the dolphins is firing Brian Flores.
1: Well, I think they look at the development that they had with Tua for one. And then all the rumors that kept swirling that, that claimed that Flores was pushing to get Deshaun Watson brought to us to Miami. So whether it was whether it was the owner, what what a uh, Ross, or whether it was him, one of them was po- was was uh was pursuing heavily to get Deshaun Watson.
0: Yeah, um... and the other
1: didn't want it. So where, however you look at it, there was a a, a uh, there was a a uh, disagreement between the two of them on on who should be the quarterback of the future. Yeah, exactly. Um, Deshaun Watson, to me, I don't think should ever
0: play another down in the NFL. I think he's a piece of crap. Um, I I think he's due his day in court, and we'll see what happens after that. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean, y- you can you can say that you can say that a lot of these a lot of quarterbacks, you know, d- should never play another down of football again. Uh, you know, we were we just got past the the eighth anniversary of the tip in Seattle. Uh, kind of want to talk about that game real quickly of that 2014 uh or 2013 nfc championship against the 49ers i mean it was in one of the election uh, yeah it was one of the, it, to me that was one of the greatest nfc championship games i've ever seen but then of course the following year we got to see an even better nfc championship game one of the greatest comebacks in seahawks history but uh you know th- that 49er team was a totally different 49er team from this one that we've been seeing uh they actually had a decent a somewhat decent quarterback behind them but you know i, I found it i found it hilarious I, I went back and watched that game and it's just hilarious you know colin kaepernick he never challenged Russell, richard sherman the whole game he kept going away from him he kept going to byron maxwell he kept challenging earl thomas and uh cam chancellor he just kept challenging everybody else but didn't challenge Richard Sherman once until the final play of the game, and it bit him. And I just, I, I, I loved it. I loved every second of it. Just watching it again. I mean, those were the good old days of Seahawks football. Back when we were elite.
1: <laughs> yeah, it was good times. It was definitely, definitely good. And then, and then Malcolm Smith there to to pick up the, no uh, oh, deflection. That was just. And absolutely and absolutely in the game because obviously that wasn't fourth down so yeah that was I believe what was that first down it was for it was uh it was first actually second. second no no it was second and goal second goal that's what I said was it was first or second I can't I, I can't remember but but yeah that's the one thing that gets lost in there is that that tip ends up just being a knockdown we still have another potential two times to to have our hearts broke but exactly. it never came I to mean, that. So, you know, no, they did but I job mean, it, and they it, did exactly what they practiced with their tip drills. This is when <laughs> Seattle could actually force turnovers. Yeah.
0: <laughs> that was definitely back in the good old days when Seattle could actually force turnovers. Um, but, you know, ending this season now, let, let, let's go ahead and talk about these playoffs. I mean, because real quickly, I, to, I want to quickly talk about your favorite to win the Super Bowl, because I got, right now I have, I've got the Bills and the Buccaneers. I really have the Bills and the Buccaneers going into the Super Bowl, but you know, I'm just looking at this and I and I'm hoping that it's a it's a Bills Cincinnati AFC Championship game. I want to see Joe Burrow versus uh uh, uh I want to see Joe Burrow versus Allen and it that's cuz Joe Burrow looks unstoppable. He looked amazing in his first ever playoff game Cincinnati for the first time uh, you know, you could actually tweet, you know, Hey, Cincinnati, the Cincinnati Bengals finally won a playoff game. And the bad part is, is that, uh, they have a more recent playoff win than the Mariners do.
1: <laughs> Cincinnati's a very talented roster and they've got a lot going on there, but they've got a, they've got a tall order against them going against, uh, Tennessee with a part with a probably starting Derek Henry. That's, that's, coming back off that foot injury and the foot surgery, you know, and the guy would missed three or four weeks before he finally seeded the lead in uh, the, the league rushing to to Taylor. Mm-hmm. So they're going to have their hands full. It's going to, it's going to be a different looking, um, to, you know, Tennessee team out there with, with that there, they got a, you know, they got, they've got some decent pieces and it'll be an interesting game. Um, you know, if they're not ready to sell out to stop the run in Cincinnati, they could be in big trouble. That being said, they sell out to stop the run; they can't get burned deep by by Brown.
0: Yeah, definitely. Um, uh, you know, uh, Cincinnati does have a challenge, but I I want to get on to the Buffalo Bills because really that, that that matchup that they had against New England, you know, I thought it was a really good matchup. I thought it would have been a very equal type of game, but the Bills just absolutely destroyed the New England Patriots and Jones. Um you know they the, the,
1: turned in the very first uh flawless offensive uh perfect offensive game in NFL history.
0: Yeah, I mean that that that's something that we again I think that was amazing to see it was a flawless game by the Bills offense and defense, you know. Uh all we saw from that Bills team was they're they're ready to possibly get to the Super Bowl, you know. I mean Cause I believe that Allen can lead the bills to a super bowl. One of these days, one of these days, the bills are going to win one under hit with him under center, but you know, the bills just look unstoppable right now, but we'll, we'll see what happens in this chiefs bills game. Because again, we can't, we can't keep denying something you know, it's the Kansas city chiefs. You, you just can't write the Kansas city chiefs off, even though that the bills played flawlessly in that game against the Patriots. Um, I'm expecting this uh, this game against the Bills to possibly go down to the wire. I'm going to say it's going to be a 24 to 20 or 27
1: 24
0: uh, Bills victory in Kansas City.
1: I think Kansas City comes out, and even though their defense is still suspect here and there, it's going to be a tough place. I think to come in and, and play and play. I think that once again you're going to just go out see there, and they'll probably be slow to start and then they'll turn into the juggernauts like they always seem to do about the midway point, you know, and then going into the second half where then they just start scoring at will on you when, you know, Hill gets loose or Kelsey gets loose. Yeah,
0: definitely. Um, I, uh, you know, again, like I said, I still have the Bills and the Buccaneers in the Super Bowl. I don't, I don't think I would take, I think that's a pretty safe bet for the, for the two teams. But as we, as we look over it in the NFC, you know, you got the Rams versus the Buccaneers and the Rams absolutely destroyed. They, they embarrassed the, the, the Arizona Cardinals who, um, I said it before and I'll say it again. I believe that they were frauds. They, they were, they were complete frauds. Um, could never win, couldn't even win a game, barely win a game at home, just like the Seahawks. But, uh, you know, this, that, that. That uh, that Arizona Cardinals team, I just don't... Kyler Murray did not look like a, an elite quarterback. He didn't even look like a decent quarterback in this game. Made too many unforced errors. He forced the ball too much. And, you know,
1: it, it was basically... Th- that game was over by the end of the first half. Well, yeah, it is. And it's funny when you look at it, because if you look at the numbers, it shows, like, Arizona's really good the first half of the season, right? And then that clock hits midnight and they all turn into pumpkins in the second half of that season. (laughs) Like literally their Cinderella story and their feel good story goes away. The second half of the season, it seems the league adjusts to them. And all of a sudden they're no longer this elite team that they look like they are in the first half of the season. And Kingsbury looks like he's over his head trying to make adjustments.
0: Yeah. And they were, they were talking about Kingsbury on uh, NFL ESPN and, you know, Look, it, I, I think that what's going on in Arizona is a shit show. You know, Kingsbury didn't, had no idea what to do. He had absolutely no clue what to do in that game against the Rams. Um, you know, I think I'll say this, the Seahawks broke them. Seahawks broke them. <laughs> um, I mean,
1: credit due where credits due. The Rams defense is really nasty. Oh,
0: so. 100%. Yeah, no, the, the Rams defense is one of the best in the league. Um, not going to deny that even though I want to, but, um, uh, you know, other than that, you know, we got we got the the Niners and the Packers at Lambeau Field, which is gonna be, I think, 13 degrees. I think it's gonna be 13 degrees that night. Let me go ahead and look at the weather there because that'll be interesting to see just how cold it will be in Green Bay at the time of that game. So uh there's gonna be some snow tonight there, but Sunday, Sunday, you're looking at a zero. You're looking at the high of thirteen degrees. God damn. <laughs> Well, that's green bay for uh, you
1: that's yeah that's green bay in 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 late january so that'll be that'll be a tough game for san francisco but the, the big thing is is keep in mind the packers are not good against stopping the run no no they, they i mean i i
0: find it's hilarious of how the green bay packers have had such a good defense but yet they cannot stop the run i mean the last time the the last time that the Niners were there at Lambeau Field,
1: uh, Colin Kaepernick ran what was it, 180 yards on him? Well, that's a completely different offense. Uh, I mean, it'd be interesting to see if if they, you know, if they uh, Shanahan has any any packages to put Trey Lance in there for quarterback draws or 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 what have you, because that's be should be something that definitely should be in the book for him. Yeah. Um so uh
0: what's your what's your takes for this uh, Saturday and Sunday for these games? We already got we already had
1: your Bills Chiefs one. I think I think the Rams make it a much tougher game than a lot of people think is going to happen down there in uh in ta- in uh, Tampa Bay. I think that <clears throat> um there's a very actually a, a pretty good chance they could upset Tampa Bay. Uh if Tampa Bay is not ready that defense is going to make life really hard for Brady. Yeah. Aaron Donald and them especially with um what's the what's his face uh the right tackle out hurt. Mhm. Uh Wörfs, Wörfs, you know, injured. Uh Kinley Jan- uh, or not Kenley, but uh Jansen or Jensen of uh, the center, he you know, hurt his back last week came back in. That being said, he still got Aaron Donald this week. It doesn't get any easier. So, you know, Um, you're going to probably see, uh, uh, no, you know, no, there's no Brown there. There's no, um, Oh, the other wide, wide guy. Anyway, you know, he tore his ACL up. He's out Godwin he's out. Uh So you're going to have Evans that has been up and down, be shadowed probably by Jalen Ramsey that leaves, you know, Gronkowski to try and be the hero and the, uh, the other, the other, the other younger guy they got. So. I don't know. It'll be interesting to see. I, I would not be surprised if the Rams actually pull off the upset down there. Yeah. And I, and I still, I just don't think San Francisco has enough punch to, to beat the Packers. No, I, I agree 100% on you. Uh, let's go ahead and talk a little bit about the
0: Seahawks draft. Uh, the Seahawks in this upcoming draft have five or six picks. I think we go in. Let's go. Ahead. Uh, so, uh, so it's, yeah. So they have six picks in this draft. They've got six picks in this draft. Uh, I just looked at a mock draft that, uh, that the C that, uh, Seahawks Wire just wrote. And for some reason, they have at the, uh, the 107th pick, uh, Zion uh, ZTF from Washington. And here's the thing I can't see that happening. I don't think I can see that happening because, um, ZTF, even though he has had his injuries problems, there's other teams out there that do need a defensive lineman like him, who is uh, very speedy and athletic and able to get through and able to bowl through defensive line or offensive lineman the way he does. But I don't see ZTF falling that down that that down in the in the draft. I want to say he's a late second round pick, early
1: third round pick at best.
0: Hmm.
1: Yeah, I don't know. Seattle's got a list of things they really need to target, and they need to decide well what they can do. Uh, They still need more pass rush. They definitely need an interior guy that is disruptive. They don't have a defensive tackle that is athletic and and disruptive. Puna Ford is not. Uh, Al Woods is not. Al Woods being obviously a free agent as well. Uh, Brian Monet is definitely not. So they do not have a guy that can I mean, look. Every other team in the league, for the most part, is looking for a defensive tackle that can get in there and and be that disruptive guy. So don't get me wrong; it's not not a secret. Everybody's looking for one, but Seattle's really got to look hard and find one because they have no pass rush from the interior defensive line. Mm-hmm. So that's something they need to target. Um, I don't know. There's a, there's a lot of dominoes that need to fall um, for that team. They're probably they're probably going to need to start looking for cornerbacks as well. I'm I'm pretty pretty much thinking that. Uh, that uh, the cornerback market's going to price themselves out on, on, uh, on Reed. I think Mm -hmm. that I would not be surprised if Reed gets to the open market, if he ends up getting that 12, you know, 13 million a season, kind of like uh, uh, Shaq did last year. Mm -hmm. Yeah. That, that,
0: that contract to me was uh, unbelievable of how Shaq Griffin got that much money. Um, I think he was a little bit overpaid in that, uh, in that mindset. But I mean, you're, 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 you're as worth as much as w- someone's willing to pay you though. That's, that's what uh, David always used to say here on uh Seattle sports Diaries, but you know, uh you're, Se- you're,
1: that's exactly true. You're worth exactly, you know, and teams that are desperate will pay to get, will pay for performance. Mm-hmm. And the, I don't even think
0: she, did check even play that well uh for Jacksonville. I know ne- I had an up ever- and
1: down season. Just okay. like Seattle. So it's not like he had a terrible season. It's just really up and down. And I think a lot of turmoil. And he was asked to do a lot more than he was asked to do in Seattle. So <laughs> yeah. I, um... I just think I think there's a lot of stuff that needs to fall and a lot of needs stuff to get taken care of before we can even start really looking at the draft process. Um, they need to do a defensive you know coordinator of course before they decide if they're sticking with their scheme or what they're what they're going after. A different defensive coordinator that has a different scheme could have different priorities on what he wants to identify in the draft, which can completely change the way they go defensively and he can also you know and free agency. Uh, yeah you know the report that I see is Fowler Jerry Fowler from ESPN basically says that uh, Broncos uh, the Broncos uh, defensive guy uh, Dontella, Mm-hmm. Or Donatell. Donatel, It's his job to lose. He's in sidetrack. Okay. They've been requested. Yeah, Ed, Ed Donatel. It's his job to lose. A couple of people say Tom Pellicino reports that reports the same. Or no, he reports actually that uh the Seahawks are interviewing Witt, which is your what you're the guy you were looking for. Joe Witt Jr. from there we go. Dallas. And uh it'll be interesting to see you know seahawks need to figure some of that stuff out before we really know which direction they're going to fall i'm going to go because mm. that'll change that could change a lot what, what they him and pete decide they want to do and then of course there's the there's the whole what it's going to cost cost to retain digs yeah um
0: uh there i'm looking at 710 espn they were they were talking about uh free agents that they were saying that need to be resigned uh they mentioned DJ Reed he is definitely one that needs to be resigned um i believe that that's absolutely true because uh reed uh is uh reed definitely showed potential this year he was he was definitely a damn good uh he was definitely he was definitely he, pl- he played very well this year i mean i can i cannot yeah, yeah, deny he played that well last year as well too yeah yeah so i i want to say dj reed is going to um it's definitely going to be one of those guys that they need to resign. But uh, Dwayne Brown is also on their list for some stupid reason. I don't. I don't really think that Dwayne Brown needs to come back. But if if, if he does come back, I don't think that he need he should be paid as much as uh, the Seahawks were paying him.
1: I think I saw basically a report suggesting that he probably get something like a two year, eleven and a half million dollar per contract. $11 million per, huh? Eleven and a half is what the suggestion was. Um, um I don't remember uh, who it was, but that's what they were suggesting, is it would be something like a two-year deal with eleven and a half per? per. Yeah. Um, um, I, I think that Brown played w- well. I think Brown had up and downs. But I think that you remember anybody that plays with Russell Wilson is going to have problems. Brown definitely had games where he didn't look good. But Brown yeah. down the stretch definitely looked good. And it's the same with Carlos Dunlap. You know, he had,
0: I mean, for some reason, you know, what was it the last six, seven games he played out of his mind. Um, and if you were to tell me that, you know, at the end of the, at the half season mark, where uh, Carlos Dunlap was struggling, if he would to be, what was it second or was he second on the team in sacks or was he first? I think he might've been first.
1: Yeah, I think he finished. I can't remember. I think he finished first. I think he Well, did. I mean, if if you were to tell me that, you know, he, uh, I'm sure I, yeah, he be I think it's I think it's just Serge put him past Taylor.
0: Okay. Yeah. But uh I mean, you know, he's definitely uh a guy that uh who is going to be staying with this. Uh, Rashad Green, I think does need to be coming back. Uh, Green, yeah, I yeah. Think Rashad he, Green he, was was definitely. If
1: he doesn't get pricey out on the open market too, because remember Quentin Jefferson got like two year, thirteen million dollar deal out there. Q did. The yeah, that's that's true. And Green's twenty five and has had production. Yeah, I mean,
0: I think he might he might ask for between you know what was it? What is it? Yeah, I think I think he might ask for a little bit higher price than that. But uh, other than that, you know. It's it's going to be interesting to see who the Seahawks do resign, who they don't
1: decide to resign, and who they decide to go after, and who they decide if they're cutting or they're renegotiating with. I mean, we can all speculate how we want, but Wagner lo- looms huge out there. You're paying Jamal Adams $17 seventeen million, seventeen and a half million, and you're paying Bobby Wagner sixteen and a half. Are you going to pay Wagner sixteen and a half million for another season? Yes, he second. Yes, he made second team All Pro. But he's definitely on the downside is what it looked like this year. A lot of less, there was no, you know, a lot less big plays. Mm
0: -hmm. Yeah. I mean, I don't know what to say, but uh, other than that, you know, uh, not much uh, Seahawks talk left though to talk about. Uh, But uh, again, I do want to get this before you get out of here. What is your Super Bowl
1: prediction? You know, I don't, I don't have one at the moment. I think, I, I, I think there's too much. I think there's too much madness that can happen still this week. I think it's a. I think it's as wide open as it's been in recent years because all teams that are there have had flaws and mm-hmm. struggles. Unless, aside from the Packers, who, who lost one early game and then lost a game when when Rodgers was gone, right? Yeah. Two of their two of their four games, and of course they lost the last game of the season against the Lions. <laughs>
0: yeah, that uh, I I I'm still <coughs> trying to. I'm still scratching my head on how they lost to the Lions. Uh, that that just baffles me. I' from willing to bet they just that was a game that just they didn't care about anymore because they knew they had the number one seed
1: locked up, so they basically went easy on the Lions.
0: But uh, well,
1: they probably definitely took them easy. But the Lions played hard. They played very very hard all season long, regardless of what people think about them and what they. Yeah, regardless of other things, they showed zero quit on their coach. That coach motivated them.
0: Yeah. D- d- did he get fired? Nope. Okay.
1: He did a fantastic job with a team that was was doomed.
0: Yeah, I agree 100. Um, before we get you out of here, though, uh, by the way, thanks for always uh, coming on here, uh, always uh, talking Seahawks and football oh, with God. me. But uh, so Brian Flores, this is this is something that I uh, think I, I I made a bold prediction about this. I think Brian Flores should end up in Jacksonville because I think that he might have the attitude. Enough to possibly motivate that team to get better. That's my bold prediction for for Brian Flores. I mean, do you see? Where do you see Brian Flores actually going to?
1: Uh Who is he? I think what, he's he going to New York. Is that where? Is that where he's going to? Yeah, I think he's got an interview in New York.
0: Oh shit! I forgot that he did have an interview in New York. Yeah, he's has uh,
1: interview in in in, in uh, the the Giants.
0: Mm-hmm. Uh, because I mean, be be honest with me. I mean, I don't think Brian Flores deserved to get fired by the Miami Dolphins. I don't think that the fact that again, yes, you did start out one and seven, but you unfortunately, but you fortunately ended up eight seven and one. I mean, that says a lot about the head coach itself.
1: You know, when, uh, you know, an under the radar one that'd be an interesting fit for him, and they probably mm-hmm. won't because teams typically go. When they hire a defensive coach, then they kind of typically go the opposite way when they fire it and they hire an offensive coach. But Minnesota, Minnesota would be an interesting fit. That That's actually definitely, I, I could see that. I could definitely see Just that. like I said, got rid of Zimmer, who was a defensive guy. Mm-hmm. Bringing Flores to Minnesota would be very interesting. Definitely.
0: All right, man. Well, uh, I will see you next week to talk some more football with you. All right, brother? All right. See Have you guys a good day, later. Man. Later. And as we always do, bring in our baseball guy, Nate. What's going on, bro? What's up, man? Uh, not much, man. Uh, how's, uh, did, did you get a nap? Did you, were you able to take a nappy poo, bro?
2: <laughs> ah, man, I wish. No, man, I went on a walk instead and
0: got even more tired. So it's all good. <laughs> Jeez. Well, at least you didn't spend all day out on the golf course.
2: <laughs> I know. That was last week, man. That was brutal. Oh, I don't know if I'll ever do that again. Walk in the, in the sun like that. I was,
0: I was
3: toast.
2: Yeah, you like two you,
0: days. you were definitely you definitely showed a lot of it. Um, so not a lot really to talk about uh, the the baseball lockout, other than the fact that you know the the players' association and uh, the commissioner are talking. I mean, I mean it, that's that's definitely a good sign. That yeah, is, that, they're going to have.
2: I think they're the MLBPA is going to bring their rebuttal to the Major League Baseball on Monday, so we'll find out more about that uh, in real time as that happens, but. Um, if they are going to be children about it, it'll be like the MLB will listen for five minutes and walk right out and not having anything to do with it. And then it's just going to be, I can see this either. I feel like this is going to last a lot longer um, since they haven't been. Cause I thought this thing would be over by now. I figured that after the first year they'd grow up and do something about it. And then here we are three weeks into the beginning of the year. And we're still not even, you know, we've, I think they've sat down with each other for maybe five minutes apiece, it seems like, and that's it. And we're uh, – the January 21st. Let me open my calendar here on my phone, I guess, not on my MacBook. But uh, see, January 21st, we're sitting here one, two, three, three weeks and five days away from pitchers and catchers are supposed to report.
0: Oh, boy. So well, we do know that the my- – we do know that the minor leagues the, – the minor leaguers are going to be reporting to uh, spring training at least. At least they're going to ha- – right. we do know that the minor leagues are going to be having a season. Um, right. and, and, and speaking of the minor leagues, uh, A has said that this year that they will uh, bring in robot umpires uh, to call games. And – I don't think it's robots. I think it's going to be a – so what it's going to be, it's going to be a system from what
2: I understand is where there'll be an umpire behind the plate, but he's going to have something in his ear. And he's going to call
0: ball or strike based on what he hears in his ear. Uh, and and here's the thing: I don't think that's look. If if you put robot ups if you put, if you put that into the game, you know, you kind of take away the human error. But it, you know, baseball's got to do something because it, over these over the past now, I want to say two years, it's gotten worse. Uh, umpires right. have gotten have gotten tremendously worse. Not not fielding umpires, not third, second, or first base umpires. They've actually been able to get calls uh, right uh, most of the time, but it's home plate umpires with terrible strike zones that just needs to change. And uh, one guy that brings to my, or two guys that come to mind is both CB Buckner and Angel Hernandez. Both of those guys uh, should not have jobs in baseball as, an, um, uh, as a home plate umpire, uh, especially Angel Hernandez. Angel Hernandez has been consistently bad for damn near 30 years now but there's there's a system that i had that i think that should have been put in place and it's uh start finding these umpires uh go over the games see which calls affected a game that's what they need to be fined for and there was a couple games uh this past season for the mariners where the home plate umpire it uh they may not have Uh, the Mariners lost the game, but there was several strikes or ball calls that should have been called their way that could have determined whether the Mariners won or lost. That's what I'm more concerned about is uh, you find the umpires for calls that affect the outcome of the game. And maybe if the umpires were to get fined enough and lose enough money, maybe then they pull their heads out of their asses. And start calling better balls and strikes. Because again, th- there was one, and I can't remember who was who threw it, uh, but it was or no, I remember it was Justice Justice Sheffield. Uh, I think it was in 2019. He threw a pitch smacked straight down the middle, and it was while he was in triple A. And the umpire, the 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 batter was walking away because it would have been strike three. He was walking away. Justice was walking away. The catcher was about to throw to third and the umpire just right. did not call a strike and it's the same thing in the majors and it's just like how can you miss such a clear strike i mean that's i saw that
2: on um uh i saw that on twitter today actually and it was um mlb yeah.
0: uh mlb uh, mariners yeah, yeah. Minor...
2: Mar- Mar- Mariners, miners put that up there. That's what it was. Yeah, so Mariners, miners. Yeah, they they put that up there, and I thought that was pretty cool. Um, you know, I was like, wow, that guy like totally struck out and just like walked halfway to was dug out, and umpires like, what are you doing? That wasn't a strike, and everyone's like, what? Um, so, I mean, yeah, I think with a technological strike zone, it should be fair. Or um, it should be way more fair for everybody. Like it'll be consistent for everybody, like for both pitchers and hitters. But I remember watching a game last year to where there was, I think it was against the athletics or who, I don't, I can't remember, but there was, I was going on a rampage because the umpire's strike zone was so bad that it wasn't even fair to the pitcher or the hitters because they don't know like Pitchers aren't getting what they think are strikes and hitters are, you know, not swinging at balls that are getting called strikes. And that's, it's inconsistent. It throws, it throws both sides of the field off. So pitchers aren't going to be able to hit their spots, and batters aren't going to have their same kind of eye. So I don't know.
0: Yeah. I mean, it's again, it, it's, it's stressful. It's very stressful, not just yeah. on the, on the players, but, or not on the, on the, on the pitchers and players, but it's also stressful on the fans because again, uh, we just had a situation just this past uh, Saturday where uh, umpires who made terrible or referees who made terrible calls, they got, you know, trash thrown at them. And that's not something that, uh, that needs to be happening because again, a lot of these MLB umpires, you know, it's, it's going to come to, it's going to come down to where these umpires are going to cost teams games and, People are going to be waiting outside the mm-hmm. stadiums for these guys. And just like with uh, pitchforks and, uh, and torches, I, you know, I'm, right. I'm trying to sound like a, what, 17th century type of mad mob. But it, but it is – it it definitely needs to change. Something has to change. Um, you know, look, I think the robot umps where they'll have the app where it, sh- where it will show whether it's a strike or a ball – That'll, you know, it takes the human error out of it, which I think is, I think is okay. I want to say it's okay, but I don't think it'll solve everything because, um, I want to say even Angel Hernandez could screw this shit up. I mean, yeah, but I mean, at the same time, I'm
2: afraid, you know, sometimes they'll call like, they'll hear whatever in their ear and then they're going to be like, no, there's no way that's true. And then call it the other way. You know, does that make sense? Mm-hmm. So, like, if there's like a pitch that's like touching the half of a micrometer of the outside corner, and the robot calls it a strike, and the umpire staring at it, you know, going, "Now there's no way he calls the ball, anyways." I wonder, you know,
0: wonder how that'll work out. Because yeah, the- I mean, it it it'll be interesting to see exactly how th- this this really does affect the. it's going to be interesting to see how it affects the game. That's what, that's what the big thing that I'm more worried about is, is this going to affect the game in a positive way or is it going to affect the game in a negative way? Um, Honestly, I think this is, it's going to be both. It's going to affect the game in a positive way where, you know, umpires won't be basically missing key strikes or balls, but it's also going to affect the game in a negative way because there's going to be some pitches, like you said, that are going to be right there in the strike zone but the umpires are going to be like, no, that wasn't a strike. It's a ball and they're going to call it there. So there's going to be, there's going to be ups and downs to it. I don't see this getting into the majors. I just don't see it because um, it's the same with the extra inning rule. Um, The first time I ever went to a game where it was the extra inning rule, where the runner starts on second, it was, it was an Everett Aqua Sox game. It hadn't even been put into the majors. and, I'm looking at, the, I'm watching this game and i am said, there's no fucking way that this can make it into the majors. What happens in 2020? It happens. It, it gets put in there. Um, <laughs> yeah. The extra inning rule sucks. Uh, you know, that's, I think that's one thing that the, that the players are also uh, saying that needs to go, or it's actually MLB that's saying. I don't it. like
2: the, I don't like the whole ghost runner idea.
0: No, but... I don't like it either.
2: I mean, if they were going to do it, they should at least put them on first to make it a little bit more of a challenge so that the next base hit you give up,
0: you know, is maybe just
2: like a warning, you know, to like the other team, like, hey, got a runner on third now. What are you going to do, right? I, I think putting, I think it, it hands a lot of games away putting a runner on second. If anything, put them on first. If, if, and that's where I would draw the line. That way it's a little bit more of a challenge. It's not as easy to get them over to home, but it's a little, and I think it's more, competitively balanced for both sides right there, if that makes sense.
0: Yeah. uh, 100%. It's um, another thing that uh, baseball needs to change is definitely, uh, what was it? Uh, And I just had it slip my mind. I just had it slip my mind, but uh, free agency, uh, free agency. Yeah. Things definitely need to change. Um, I don't think these rookie contracts should be as long as they should because um, here's the thing you know when you, when you're 27 years old and you're barely making the minimum wage of baseball or you're making a little over a million dollars and you th- and you know how good you are, you should be getting paid earlier on in your career. Uh, what was it? Mike Trout uh, signed that uh, near 500 million dollar contract when he was 25. Mm-hmm. Uh, so uh, the thing I have is like let's say Jared Kelnick and Julio Rodriguez they want to get paid. I don't think they should be on a rookie contract. For you know two years and not get paid, these players because if they show the the talent that they can, uh, that they that, that they we know that they're capable of showing, these guys deserve to get paid. I know Julio Rodriguez, um, he's going to get like almost Wander Franco type of money because I if if he shows the talent right away, I don't think the Mariners are going to cheap out. They're going to sign him to that big deal, and right. I think because let's face it, you don't want to go out and sign. A 27 to 29 year old to 10 years you don't want to have a guy till he's 30 till he's uh 37 to 39 years old that's not smart at all and right. and most in most of those good years that that player has are past his prime it'll right. basically be past his prime he'll only have what three four good years on that which we saw from robinson cano he only had yeah, you're
2: preaching to the choir man i
0: mean that's kind of what i was putting out like the last couple of weeks we did talked about this and it's just
2: the same like the, all their all their productive years are behind them, and they didn't make what they were worth during their productive years, and then here mm-hmm. they come out and they're fleecing teams. Like look at Hosmer, for example, right? He came out and fleeced the Padres and hasn't done anything, you know, because he's just he's older and not a good ball player anymore. I mean, that's just I, the bottom line. Exactly.
0: <clears throat> um,
2: he was more productive for way less of a price for the Royals, right? But I mean. You get into situations like, you know, Fernando Tatis Jr. and stuff, like those kind of guys, and I don't know if Acuna signed his contract yet or, you know, Soto, those guys are going to get paid a lot younger because they're going to restructure, right? Because they know that once they hit free agency, it's going to be, like, wild. So I think they try to do this early on in their career and throw, like, a large sum of money at them. And to me, I still think they're underpaying them, even if you give them, you know, $500 million. I still think they would have made more in like four-year increments going to like from team to team. That's just, but
0: yeah, I mean, no, that, I agree. Could be wrong. Um, real quickly, I don't know if you saw this, but the Atlanta Braves, they just tweeted this an hour ago. Delta tweeted a day ago, say, name a city that changed their life. And they quoted the tweet saying Houston, Texas. <laughs> What's that? So uh, Delta posted a tweet a couple days ago or a day ago, say, name a city that changed your life and the Braves quoted it and said, Houston, Texas.
2: (laughs) Yeah, that's pretty cool.
0: I thought that that's, that's minion right there. That is, that is so minion. And that's, that's a great trolling job, by the way, that is an excellent trolling job by the social Mm -hmm. media team. Um, Uh, that's really funny. Um, So another thing that uh, I saw earlier today on Twitter was uh, who is it? Uh, He's uh, a Mets fan, by the way, that I follow, but he's a big kind of like Twitch person. Uh, Mark, uh, Mark uh, Luino. I think that's how you pronounce his name. Giraffe neck Mark. Uh, Is that what he goes? That's what he goes by. Uh, Posted a video earlier today saying the 2022 MLB season, it will be canceled by or sell. And, I'm I'm honestly going to say this. I I'm not buying it. I am not buying it one bit. I don't think the MLB season is going to be canceled. Um, because right here's the thing. MLB has a great chance to get to the younger viewers here. They yeah. have an excellent chance. Um, one thing that I think that should be implemented in 2022 is have baseball games on Nickelodeon. Um. No, not like the end. No, 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 no. Hear me out. Hear me out. They're trying to reach a younger generation of fans, but actually put it on Nickelodeon, have serious broadcasters. Do not have that fucking slime. Don't have fucking SpongeBob and Patrick because it, 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 look, do I think that the, that the Nickelodeon NFL broadcast is kind of a joke? I do. Well, but what they need to do is do like a Manning cast, but for baseball. Exactly. And none of this stuff on YouTube and,
2: all that other
0: No, stuff. no. YouTube has some of the worst broadcasters. Um, last year when I, uh, just this past year when it was Dude, on was YouTube. It so was brutal. It was the most, That that's why I went to the radio. Right. That's why I prefer to listen to the games on the radio because I'm not going to watch, I'm not going to listen to three hours of guys preaching analytics and talking about wars. Right. I don't, because here's the thing. People don't fucking care about that. Talk about the game. Talk right. about the game that you're broadcasting. I mean, it's and it was just brutal to listen to these guys.
2: Yeah, I, I remember watching that at work. Um, I was pretending to be
0: in a conference call, but that it was such a it was
2: like I almost turned it off because it was so bad.
0: <laughs> yeah, I mean, it it's uh, definitely bad when uh, when when people are actually bored when people are because yeah. here's the thing most people who watch baseball are not bored by it they're not bored but youtube did what was thought almost thought impossible and it was actually you bored people while watching baseball
2: yeah no i agree youtube was boring
0: yeah um so the bottom line is that i do not think though that 2022 is not not going to happen i believe that it is going to happen my hope is I, I, and I'm really hoping this because I don't want to have to miss because so in I let me tell you a quick little story in 2020 I planned a trip to go to Miami to watch the Mariners play the Marlins mm-hmm. this and I had planned this about a month before the pandemic even started so when I and and I went to spring training that year I went to spring training that year they were doing everything there was no mask, no nothing everybody mm-hmm. was living their life just according to you know just living their happy go lives. Then all of a sudden, after I get back home a month later, they say, Oh, the season's canceled. And I'm just right. like, you've got to be fucking kidding me. So I fly down, to, I fly down to Florida, ended up going on a fishing trip with my dad out to Lake Okeechobee doing some bass fishing, which I suggest to anyone who is a good, who's a fisherman, get out to Lake Okeechobee, go do some bass fishing. But This year, now that the Mariners are playing the Marlins down in Miami, they're also playing the Tampa Bay Rays before they play the Marlins. And I hope that this season does not get delayed, doesn't get canceled because I want to go down there, watch my boys play, watch them kick some ass. And a funny thing about Tampa Bay is their president posted a tweet uh, on their social media Right. And they said that their deal didn't get done. This is my opinion on the Tampa Bay Rays. Get the is this fuck about out of the San... Expos. Is this
4: about yes, like the get, become thing? the
0: Expos. Go to Montreal. They actually want a team. They actually want to go watch baseball. I mean, it's, then in it's 10 ridiculous. years, you are gonna have
2: people in Florida going, "Oh, we need a baseball team like in Tampa." You know. <laughs> <laughs> but
0: um, no, just I, like I... in
2: Seattle, you know, with the Sonics, they're like, <laughs> oh. We need a basketball team back in Seattle now. Well, I well, mean,
0: we do need a basketball team back in well, Seattle. Well,
2: I know I agree with that. I no, I agree with that. But it's just like – it's like any time a team pulls out and leaves, people are like – some people are like, whatever, and some people are like, okay. I think it would be more – I think there will be less people upset about the Rays leaving than those who left the, the, the Sonics leaving, right? Like everyone exactly. was mad about yeah. that.
0: Yeah, because mm-hmm. – but in ten but, years,
2: it's going to be like that void is getting bigger and bigger, right? So mm-hmm. I think more people now miss the Sonics than they did back in two thousand eight or nine, whenever they left. So
0: yeah. I think there's more
2: of a hole now. Like, oh gosh, we need basketball back, you know?
0: Yeah. Um, so that's going to do it for this uh, baseball segment. I appreciate you always uh, joining me tonight, Nate. Yep. Uh, hopefully next week you're nice and rested up. Uh, we'll see. Yeah, I'm good. good. I'm, I'm pretty rested tonight. I'm, I'm awake. <laughs> well, anyway. Uh, gonna try to get some guests on next week to definitely talk some baseball with us. But uh, you know, hopefully we have something even better to talk about next week, and that's the beginning of the 2022 season.
2: Yeah, I mean, like I said, uh, yeah, 2022 MLB season needs to happen uh, for the Mariners uh, mm-hmm. for the Mariners' sake uh, because it's we're at that you know precipice. We're at the we're at the edge of that cliff of being ready to you know, do something great in Seattle. And if they can't, and it happens to be the year, you know, there's this collective bargaining agreement looming over everyone's head. It's just, it's frustrating because uh, the little spark that the Mariners had last year, and I think, you know, that's going to turn into a wildfire this year. So not having a, you know, another developmental season like 2022 and losing out on half of 2020, I think, you know, in the minors, all of 2020, if you were in the minors, you know, it's just going to hurt the, you know, hurt the Mariners. So, 2022 needs to happen at least for the Mariners' sake. And if it doesn't, man, I don't even know. That's going to be bad. It'll be bad. It really. I think baseball, be. baseball would
0: lose a lot of fans. I think if it doesn't happen,
2: if if um, 2022 doesn't happen. So.
0: Definitely. All right, man. Well, I will uh, talk to you next week. And uh, real quickly, man. Hey, uh, how much how much longer until the the new arrival comes?
2: Uh, beginning of April. So I'm getting there, April. Yeah, so I got two about the January. Let's see March.
0: About yeah, two and a half months maybe. There we go, man. Uh, <laughs> send a photo because we're looking forward to meeting the new the new member of the SSD family, bro. Oh yeah,
2: for sure. If you checked on my Twitter, I put up a couple things on our registry. One of them was the Kraken sweater onesie. So. It's still available. <laughs> I uh, saw that. I think, actually, I think someone bought that one already. So that's cool. Somebody nice. actually did. So all
0: right, man. Yep. Well, uh, you have a good night, man, and I'll talk to you next week.
2: Yep, I'll be here. Thanks. Yep.
0: Later, brother. And now let's go ahead and bring in our uh our Kraken duck specialist. And he still has a job here at Seattle Sports Diary. What's going on, k Hart?
4: Man, I'm happy I got a job. I work out on Tuesday. <laughs> yeah, a job that you're not getting I saw paid for. Three <laughs> two. I'm like, yes, I still have volunteer employment. Yes. Because <laughs>
0: volunteer employment I will send A
4: DM that said if they lose this shootout, you're out of here. I'm like, uh, yep. damn. Yep. <laughs> and then they've won again. <laughs> they right. Won again. I mean, they
0: got a two, they got a two, so, they actually have a winning streak. Yes. They actually have a winning streak. I mean, how amazing is that?
4: very amazing uh i don't know if it was said in the locker room i it just feels it feels great to have something to talk about this week it feels great to say yes the kraken scored more goals than the other team i don't know about i, I can't say oh they look excellent doing it but i will say that
0: you know they they won well, i mean let's go ahead and talk about this jonas Donskoy. Jonas Donskoy—he still has no goals on the season, but he's able to score the game winner this past Monday uh, and beat the Blackhawks in a shootout. First shootout win in Kraken, a hockey franchise. But also, let's let's not forget to mention this: the Kraken are now two and zero in the Davy Jones puppy era. Ah, it it's got to be, be right. the, it has to be the pup. It it's has be to pup. be the puppy.
4: Absolutely. Uh, I mean, where was this at the beginning of the season? You know what I mean? Uh, wow. Yeah.
0: yeah, I mean, it's, it's beyond me of how poorly the, the Kraken have played, but, uh, really let's look at it this way. I mean, the Kraken though, they they play, they've been playing a lot better because they actually have players on the team that they need. Uh, you know, but last night though, was a very, very gutted out win. I want to talk about that one. Yeah. Uh, uh because uh the 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 Kraken had another problem that we have been mentioning for 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 weeks now yeah. for a few weeks and let me go ahead and look this up so here it was um the Kraken are, were 0 3 on the power play but the sharks had double the power plays than the Kraken that's unacceptable and not to mention uh you know, Susie, who was one of the stars of the game, he had two goals. Uh Kelly Yarncroke had his uh sixth goal of the year. Morgan Geeky had a hell of a pass on that one, but Yarncroke absolutely just blasted that thing. But these the the penalties have had to stop. They need to stop because this game could have been could have gone in the sharks' way because the Kraken were on the power, were, they were on the power, the, the, the the penalty kill for almost 10 minutes. They were on the penalty kill for nearly 10 minutes. And then it came down to the final minute where they were, I think, still in the power play, but they were able to kill it off. But it, that's the one thing that this Kraken team does so well is kill off the power play. But we said it last week, you know, you can't give teams, look, you can give them three power plays because you can kill off three power plays. But if you get into that four to six power play range, w- at least one of those times, they're going to score on you. And the the Kraken are – they're being really dumb when it comes to power plays. They are making bad mental mistakes. And, and again, it almost cost them yesterday.
4: I, I got to tell you, uh, I'm just – I'm not a fan of, of this decision-making. I'm not a fan. Uh, I think they got to work on that. They need to be more disciplined. You cannot give that Sharks team that many power plays. You You just can't do it.
3: No, uh, well, you, you can't do it to
4: anybody, but specifically the Sharks, you just can't do it. They're bound to get at least one with all those shooters.
0: I, exactly, and and again, you know, uh, we'll we'll talk about the Ducks here in a second, but you know, we definitely have to talk about this Kraken team because again, um, th- it's something that we haven't really talked. We we haven't been able to talk about this. I I I, I want to say it's been it's been eighty four years. I'm going to use that titanium. Titanic yeah. meme? I
4: knew it's
0: it. Been, it's been 84 years, but, it. well, I mean, come on. I mean, it's, it's been a long time since the Kraken have actually won two games yeah. in a row. Yeah. Um, The last time they won two games in a row was uh back in November. It was back in November when they beat Washington and Carolina, and those were two really good teams that they beat. Right. Um, Kraken tonight playing the St. Louis Blues. The last time they played the Blues, let's see what the final was. was 2-1. Two to one. Okay, yeah. so they didn't get beat badly by the blues, but they were able to stay, you know, they were able to get to, to just stay in competition with them. Right. But that's the thing with this Kraken team is that they're they're better than what they look on the record. They are a lot better than what they look like on the record. They're not as they're not necessarily a bad team. They just have bad luck. I didn't
4: do it. Sorry about that. Yeah, I understand. I, they're not bad teams per se, but they just got to get better. They got to start scoring eventually, right? And these have been all been very low scoring games by Kraken standards. So <laughs> I was going to say that. Yeah. Hopefully we start scoring because like two, it's not going to work for that much longer.
0: Yeah, and this is another thing that uh, I want to also talk about is again, both of these games were three to two. Uh again, a shootout win against the Blackhawks, which was a very gutsy performance by this uh Kraken team. Want to talk about that real quickly. You know, the Kraken were able to go uh I think let me go ahead and pull this up. Uh, but the Kraken were able to go, uh, they were down two to one at the end of the second period. You know, it was a, a, a kind of like some bad giveaways that were unable that you know, uh oh, what was it? Uh Grubauer was unable to save. So, but then the Kraken come back in the third period, they were able to score that goal. Ryan Donato able to score the goal in the third period unassisted. And of course in the shootout, you know, Jordan Eberly, Ryan Donato, and then Donskoy. uh, you know, Donato, or Eberle missed. Uh, Donato was able to score and uh, then Don Skoy finally scored. But, the, you know, here's the thing. You go up against a guy named Marc-Andre Fleury. You go up against a guy named Marc-Andre Fleury, you're not going to get a lot of goal opportunities he made he made some of the most impressive saves that i've seen in a long time and again look you got to give credit where credit's due the the kraken got a win off one hell of a goalie
4: yeah he, he's uh so mark andres Four is definitely still one of the best to do it and he's still playing at a really high level so the kraken should be grateful that um that it happened because he just keeps, keeps winning
0: yeah, I mean he he keeps winning, but this this is another thing about that game that I, I can't keep stop I can't stop talking about. It's Jonas Donskoy. Jonas Donskoy has not scored in any single game that the Kraken have played, and fi- so the Kraken have played. They played thirty five games. Not once has Jonas Donskoy scored a goal, which is very surprising. I, I'm not going right. to lie. It's very surprising to see Giannis Donskoy without a goal. And, you know, it, it, it's kind of heartbreaking when you when you watch it. But to see Jonas Donskoy actually score the game winner, and I'm just like, that's got to be the monkey that gets off his back. That's got to be what possibly pushes him to, be, to possibly get, you know, uh, a couple goals here and there, you know. I, I'm thinking though that when Jonas Donskoy does score his first goal, he's not only going to score his first goal; he's possibly going to score like multiple goals in that game.
4: Yeah, I could definitely see that happening. Um, I don't. I, it's always a mental thing about scoring uh, when you go so long without scoring in the league. Uh, it's it's bound to happen at some point. It's, it's everybody gets snake big. Everybody gets snake bitten. It's part of the game. It's part of the process. So uh, he's definitely going to get going sooner than later.
0: Yeah, definitely. Um, One thing I kind of want to bring up is let's bring this up because I think it's absolutely hilarious. I think this is just absolutely hilarious. The Edmonton Oilers have two of the best scoring players (laughs) and they have two of the best point scorers in the league. And they just cannot find ways to win. They find ways to lose. Mm-hmm. Um, actually, let's look at this. So they they have lost one, two, three, four, five, six, seven straight games. They have lost seven straight games, and the I mean, when we uh, when we first started talking, you know, the Edmonton Oilers were one of the best in the league. Now all of a sudden they i'm looking at the division right now i'm looking at the division and the edmonton oilers are next to last the 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 one that's behind that's down below the edmonton oilers is of course the kraken but right. i mean what do you what do you expect but that just tells you just how tough this uh this specific division is you know the the best record in the pacific division is of course the golden knights at 24 and 15 but you know I'm, I'm looking at this Pacific division it's a tough division it is an absolutely tough division but i just can't ex- i i think it's hilarious i think it's truly hilarious to watch the edmonton oilers go down like this i just it's funny as fuck so <laughs> so i have a very interesting relationship with
4: the oilers because the media always calls them cup favorites every year, right?
0: I, I remember that, yeah.
4: <laughs> and they always fall flat, even worse than the Leafs, because sometimes they don't even make the playoffs in those years. At least the Leafs get to a game seven in the first round and they lose, but at least they get there. The Oilers don't even get that far. <laughs> so it's hilarious <laughs> to me, you know? It could, so the Leafs, the, not the, well, the Leafs too, but the Oilers are almost like the Canadian Cowboys at this point. Like it's always their year, but it just never
0: works. You know, it just, it just it, never it, works. You're a Cowboys fan, aren't you? I am not. Okay. <laughs> I, I was going to say, okay. I'm, I'm glad you're not yeah, because, not. uh, that's, that's, uh, an excellent thing to, to tell yeah. me because otherwise I probably would have had to fire you. Uh,
4: I, I ain't gonna tell y'all who I really like. Y'all it's, it's a secret.
0: No, 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 no. Now it's a I'm secret. serious. It, it, okay, it's, it's it's not the 49ers, is it? No. No. Oh, no. so you're secretly a
4: Seahawks fan. I'm Oh, no. No, I, I can't. <laughs> I can't. I can't let y'all know. I can't let Why? y'all know. Well,
0: come on. Okay, as long as it's not the Cowboys or the Niners, you're safe. Okay, I'm a Packers fan okay fine. <laughs> real quick real quickly so you're Yo, gonna like this so let me go ahead i'm, and not, gonna, this I'm not
4: going i'm going to
0: hate it i'm going no, you're to gonna be, love this take you're it gonna love this so this past uh christmas my mom got me my favorite player's jersey i don't know if you recognize this guy
4: oh okay okay so, so you know you know who okay. that player is you all know right who that player all is. right
0: I see it in the background. I thought you ought to pull out a Seahawks jersey. <laughs> no, 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 no. Okay. Um. So I'm waiting until the Seahawks get their throwback jerseys and finally yeah. start. Then I will actually make an Amon Green throwback Seahawks jersey because he originally started out with right. the Seahawks. Yeah. But, you know, to actually get that jersey, I want to get him on the podcast. I want to get him on the podcast. If we do, I want you to be part of it because you are a Packers fan, by the yes. way. Um, but, yes. I know we talk hockey, but let's just talk Amon Green real quickly because it, since you are a Packers fan, that is a, the greatest. So, in truth, that, Amon Green is a little before my
4: time, I believe.
1: Okay. I think, well, think he won the Super
4: Bowl when I was like two in a 90. Was it 97? Yeah. Okay, a little so, ahead of me.
0: No, <laughs> uh, no, 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 no. Amon Green was, was definitely during your time. Uh, no, I'm no. I mean,
4: like of consciousness, not when I was. Like, I mean, a consciousness oh, okay, okay, I mean okay. actually watching. You know, yeah. You know, but you I know mean, like, don't Amon, pay attention, if you yeah. if
0: you go back and watch the highlights, though, Amon yeah. Green, though, and and if you see what he did with the Packers' greatest running back in Green Bay Packers history,
4: I hear that. I definitely hear that. <laughs> I wish I could say Eddie Lacy was, but we're not talking about that right now. But yeah, all the I'm all big, the big old blubber butt. It's not. It's not that bad. He just. <laughs> He had a. He, I wanted to defend him so bad because he was my favorite player for a while, but it wasn't, it, he didn't just go like go crazy. You know, it was other stuff, It was off the field stuff. But, but yeah. yeah, um, I'm definitely interested in learning about um older Packer players from before I started watching. I started watching um midway through the Brett Favre era. Um, I used to catch games on
0: Fox all the time. So, oh, of course, yeah. yeah. Packers were big on Fox back oh, then, yeah. With, uh, Brett Favre and Antonio Freeman, right? Uh, Bubba Franks. Uh, who else good Dorsey old days. Levins Dorsey good old Levins days. good old days yeah um, right. so I I want to go ahead and put this out so since both you and me are kind of like uh, both movie and video game nerds okay but I think the greatest football game that ever was played or ever made was ESPN NFL 2k5 oh that's ooh, that,
4: was the, the the that, was that was the greatest the best one
0: that was the greatest in my opinion Mm. I, I cannot. I can't put any Madden ones in there because um, I'm not either. I wouldn't either. I wouldn't put a Madden game either. I would say. I would say, possibly NFL Blitz. Possibly. Okay. Okay. You know what? I I'll give you that one. I'll give you that one completely. There is. I will say this. So so with the the, the XFL is going to be kicking off here. Yeah. In 2023, and I'm really hoping that uh, 2K gets a hold of the XFL rights. Mm-hmm. and puts out a game because there was a game that came out. It was arena football. They ca- EA came out with an arena football league game. When was um, that? <laughs> that was back. <laughs> was and I that? think. Hold on a second. Let me, let me go ahead and look this a- up. F- let me go ahead and look this okay. up. Uh,
4: let me see. Cause I, I know that, I know the college games are coming out. Uh, yeah. The college games are
0: going to be coming out. So yeah. uh, let's see how many arena football games do they put out? There's, there's a couple on here. There's a couple on here, so let's see. So there was, um, was there only one? Looks like there there might have been only only one. one. Yeah, there was only one. Yeah, Uh, so there was only one, and it came out in 2006. Okay. And what kills me about it is that people didn't like it that much. I guess. I guess it didn't do well in the in the sales department, but if you, but if you actually play the game, you know, you're, you're like, okay, we score all the time. We score all the time. So it comes down to who can score the, the most or who can stop who once or twice, because if you can get a stop once or twice, you basically can win that game. Right.
4: Right.
0: Um, real quickly, uh, AJ Galante from the Danbury Trashers, as you can see wearing his Jersey today. Uh, but he's going to be joining us here in a couple minutes. But I also want to talk about this because we got into this last week. The Batman has officially been released to have a runtime of two hours and 55 minutes. Oh Lord? And I'm not gonna lie. <laughs> <laughs> oh Lord! <laughs> um, I thought I thought the Dark Knight mm-hmm. was long. I thought the last I thought the last Batman film with, with Christian Nolan was long. But I'm actually a little excited for this one. I, I I cannot lie. I'm actually kind of excited for this one, but it's just the 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 villains could have been better. You you could yes. have done better. I'll you say it again.
4: Better. The villains could have been better. I
0: like on. I get I get the penguin. I get the penguin. But seriously, the Riddler is not is not a villain. He's not like a murderer. Right. Uh, but right. like but I, mean, I said, give me Calendar Man. Give me
4: somebody, man. Don't.
0: You never know, though. But um, yeah. so I was I was also looking at the Uncharted uh, movie again, which comes out two days after my birthday. And I was talking with a couple people people um, on a forum and I said they picked the wrong person to play Nathan Drake. And they're like, but this is his early teenage years. I think they picked the perfect person. But to me, I think Mark Wahlberg really should have been the guy to play Nathan Drake, because I feel like he's because, because both, because here, look at it this way. I think Nate, I think Wahlberg can both pull off, you know, a young, he can look like he's in his twenties. He can look Mm -hmm. like he's in his thirties. So why not have him play Nathan Drake? I mean, that's just really tough for me to understand. And he plays like the 60 year old, what Sully? He doesn't look 60. He doesn't look 60 years old. He does not look 60 fucking years old. I think they're going to
4: age him up instead of aging him down Ugh. He's, he's got it but he's got an older looking face that's probably what it is he's yeah got an older I, looking face.
0: I just don't think spider-man yeah. is the right right uh person to actually play nathan drake in this situation wills
4: i think we'll see what happens i'm i'm probably gonna see it even though i wasn't really a fan of the games uh but i'll still see it either way okay what what are you saying no, I'm saying I'll see. I'll see the movie regardless, oh. even though I wasn't. Oh, yeah, yeah, definitely.
0: Yeah. All right. So we are all set up, and welcome the former and now current owner, still of the Danbury Trashers, AJ Galante, dude. What's going on, brother?
3: Beautiful Jersey, man. Looks good.
0: <laughs> yeah, there we go. How you doing, How you today, man? Doing? I'm,
3: good. I'm good. Thanks good. for having good. me, guys. Thanks so yeah, much, Definitely,
0: man. Definitely. Uh, uh, K-Hart, you actually watched that Netflix special, right? Yes. Yes, I did. Yes. OK, so you know all about this now. So you, you right. did your he did, he did the homework. He made sure to, he made sure to do the homework. So uh, the first thing I want to ask you, and because I think it's ironic that it was, it's 17 right here on the number. You were 17 years old when your dad got the Danbury Trashers and take us through that first day. Take us through that day because I, you were, you were at high school at that time, right?
3: Yeah. It's a, like I said, in the documentary, it was so weird. Cause, um, you know, the week prior, you know, my, my dad had said something to me about possibly doing this. And I kind of thought he was joking around and, uh, it was, I kind of was joking around with him back. Like, yeah, I'll do it. I'll, I'll do this. I'll do that. And, um, you know, then a week later, you're in school, and and it's in the news. You know, back then when newspapers were everything, right? So it's like, you know, it's <laughs> you know, it's it's in the newspaper, and I was just total shock. I mean, I was like, I was dumbfounded, and you know, had to play it off a little bit at school with people that like I knew this was actually happening, but in reality, I, I was probably just as shocked as they were.
0: And uh, definitely, um, so you. Uh, your dad, James Galante, Jimmy Galante, as everyone knows him now, uh, purchased the franchising ranch for a mere 500,000, which in today, if you, if you put up for inflation, I, I want to say it's worth about, uh, between three and four times that amount of money. But, uh, you also, he also invested, uh, another 1.5 million into the upgrade of the Danbury ice arena. And, you know, I, you know, I watched the documentary and it, and it was an amazing arena. It was an amazing arena because, uh tell us a little bit about danbury connecticut because that's from what the documentary has showed us that is an incredible amazing hockey community
3: yeah i mean uh it wasn't really always like that to be honest with you i mean when i grew up you know in the area you know like you know like the doc you know i I watched mighty ducks in like 1992 or 93 and i was hooked on hockey and um I mean, we didn't have an ice arena back in those days, you know. So when I got into hockey, we actually had a crossover into New York State to play and stuff. So the Danbury Ice Arena actually was um, construction, basically finished my sophomore year of high school. So we were able to, you know, my last three years of high high school hockey, you know, that was our home rink, obviously. But, um, you know, back then, hockey wasn't, believe it or not, that huge in the area now i mean there's so many teams in there now like um you know travel teams high school teams you know peewee teams adult teams it's it's really cool to see um and yeah to be honest with you my, my dad with it on his own dime really renovated that rink um you know to prepare us obviously for our team but also you know to try to build this hockey culture you know in the city
4: yeah, man, you played a uh, you played a very big role in that community. So I wanted to ask you, how did you how did you know that those were the right guys at the time when you picked them up? Like, were you always like, yeah, I need some guys with hands, or were you really like, yeah, I just want some scores?
3: No, listen, one million percent. I mean, it's it's such a true story. I mean, it's sometimes I feel like people think we're like embellished these stories, but it, I mean, look, hook me to a lie detector. I mean, listen, my dad and I, I mean. <laughs> Like from the start, my dad and I really talked about this, and um, you know, again, people think I, I kind of embellish this, but I, to this day, I'm even I'm a huge wrestling fan, right? So right. even back then, huge into WWF, WWE, whatever you want to call it. But I grew up on WWF, and uh, you know, we we said like, listen, it, it's got to be entertaining, and and back in those days, I sound like I'm 80 years old, but back in <laughs> those days, you know, uh, <laughs> hockey. You know, what what lured me to the sport was how physical it was, the fighting, you know, not just the fighting, but just the physicality of it. It was such a unique sport to me. Um, And we tried to we, we like, listen, you know, this is kind of the direction we're going, you know, almost like as a heel bad guy in a wrestling ring. Right. Like we wanted to be the the team that people hated, but loved, you know, love to hate this team. And uh, we just. We went out and found guys that, that, you know, filled that role, that bad boy image, but at the same time could play hockey, which was our dirty little secret that we actually could score, we could win. And, um, you know, we, we just caught lightning in a bottle, honestly. And, uh, you know, luck luck does play into it sometimes. We just – um a lot of things went our way very early on.
0: Right, right. Yeah. Um, first pick, first ever draft pick you guys had or first ever signing – was Gretzky. Brent Gretzky. You, you made every you made, you made everybody because I was watching the documentary and they're like we're getting Gretzky and I'm just like Wayne Gretzky? And you're like no, we're getting Brent Gretzky. Talk talk about that because I think you I think you did fool a lot of people when you said Gretzky because I think they were actually thinking that Wayne Gretzky is actually going to come to Danbury and play hockey.
3: Well, listen, you know, again, You have to, you know, listen, going back to our city, Danbury, okay? We're about an hour north of New York City, but we're we're a small city. It's not, there's not too much exciting stuff going on here, especially back in those days. So when we're holding a press conference, you know, how are we going to get people to pay attention? And I'll be honest, it wasn't initially my idea, but it was someone, you know, within our little brain trust that said, hey, let's put out, you know, we had signed Brent Gretzky but um i don't i i truly don't remember whose whose idea was but someone said hey let's leak it to the press that we signed gretzky and and one we're not lying because we did sign gretzky it's just let people
4: not the gretzky no
3: no listen you know but you know what i you know a a lot of people I, i told this story so many times and a lot of people in the media are like oh you finesse the media well listen the media finesse themselves because If someone tells me, Hey, uh, Galante's coming to the, the, the show, I'm going to ask, well, what Galante, you know what I mean? So, you know what, they, they should have done their homework too, but you know, we were able to kind of leak it, you know, and, um, people bought in, I mean, literally right to the, right to the, um, our April 1st, our April fool's day press conference. So it worked out beautifully.
0: Right. Yeah, definitely, man. Um, uh, another thing that uh, we got from the documentary, uh, the, the UHL commissioner, he was not a fan of you. I mean, he's because because, of course, there, there's a there's a gift now on on Twitter now of just you just, you know, laughing when when it when his name is <laughs> yes. brought up. But it's just like you were you were basically you wanted that bad boy type of team and you're just going to be like, fuck all your rules. Fuck everything. We're going to do everything our way. If we, hell, hell, we we'll probably have a guy named Happy Gilmore take off his fucking skate and go stab someone with it, right?
3: Yeah. Listen, uh, you you know what it was. I, I at seventeen years old, I, I I wasn't stupid. I I knew at that age that when it got out there, that I was going to be running this team or having the role that I did. I knew a lot of people right away were going to get on me. I'm spoiled. Um, and which I don't blame them to think that, you know, um, but I took it very serious. So, you know, I knew at 17 that a lot of people, I was going to get a lot of shit from people about it. So I kind of said to myself, you know what? I'm going to kind of amplify my personality, almost very WWF-ish, right? So I'm like, you know what? People are not going to like me to begin with on the outside. I might as well play this role as this kid. You know, this cocky little 17 year old putting together this band of misfits to take over the league. And, um, you know, it's, it worked, you know, I mean, we called our shot, you know, it's like Babe Ruth calling his shot. I mean, we called our, we told everyone what we were going to do before we even played a game. And, uh, not a lot of people took us serious and they didn't, they didn't look to counter our moves. And we just went out and we, 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 we did what we did. You know, we, we, we had a we had a good time, an entertaining time, but we, we were successful. So we kind of utilized a lot of the strengths and weaknesses of the league and, and uh, you know, exploited it whenever we could.
4: Right. So there was a time when the team was operating, but the NHL wasn't a lockout. So talk us through how you actually got a full blown NHLer onto the team.
3: Well, again, it goes back to what I said before, you know, about sometimes luck plays into it. I mean, I think we got extremely lucky that our first season, there was an NHL lockout. And uh, being so close to New York City, I mean, we had Ranger fans, Devils fans, Islander fans, Boston Bruin fans, all within our vicinity, that now they're looking, where can we go watch some hockey? And uh, we drew in a lot of fans from outside the area that, that would travel. And, um, you know, again, a lot of those guys that were on those teams lived in those areas. And um, a lot of guys were looking, hey, listen, you know, it really wasn't about the money. It was like, hey, listen, we, we want to skate. We want to stay warm in case this, uh, this lockout ends. And um, it just so happened, I, I remember a few months into the season, we, we kind of got like a list of, potential NHL players that were willing and able to come down to our league. Um, You know, at the time they were like middle of the row NHL players. And, um, you know, when we had the chance to jump on Mike Rupp, I mean, it was a a no brainer. You know, me being a Devils fan, like it it was like I was living in a, a twilight zone. Like the year previous, I was a fan watching him win the Stanley Cup for the Devils. And then like a year and a half later, we had the opportunity to bring him to Danbury. So. It, it was super weird and um it, it was it was a super cool um opportunity.
0: Definitely all right. So yeah. this is this is a question that I've been wanting to ask you for a long time. So the first game in Danbury Trashers history, your dad, I, I think he went up to Mike Rupp. I think he went or, or was it Winfield? Was it Winfield or Rupp? Winfield. yeah, yeah. So he went up to Winfield and he says, Before the puck even drops, drop your gloves take just take us through that because it's it's very rare that we see a fight start without even the puck dropping and Winfield uh, I mean because let's be honest no one your dad was basically you know Tony Soprano no one's gonna no one's gonna not listen to what your dad says
3: well you know that was one of those things he kind of my dad must have had this in his head this whole time that he was gonna do this and uh I I didn't know about it and and literally i remember we're sitting up in our little box above center ice we're watching you know the the puck you know it's like two minutes before our first game is gonna start and um he whips out a nextel right an old school cell phone (laughs) and uh i see him and i'm like what the hell is he doing and uh i see him looking towards our bench and he's um you know, the old Nextel, I don't know how old you guys are, but the old Nextel chirp. No, no, you know?
0: no. K-Hart, K-Hart does not know anything about that. I do. What? Okay, all right. <laughs> all right. I'll take so that
3: So back in the old, old days, the Nextels, it was like a walkie-talkie. So, <laughs> if, you know, if all three of us had Nextels, we could chirp. You know, I, it was like a walkie-talkie. So I remember my dad, you know, started chirping, and I looked at the bench and – uh you know, our equipment manager, Tommy Pompasello, pulled his next hell out. And literally, my dad said exactly that. He's like, give give uh, Winger the phone. And Rath- Winger was super confused. And my dad told him that. And, um, you know, right after the national anthem, really, he checked himself into the starting lineup, basically. And that was kind of all she wrote from there. And it, we we just... um. We we gave our local fans like you know right off the bat how this was gonna be and people were either gonna love it or they were gonna hate it and uh, luckily for us it just it exploded from that point forward.
0: Yeah, uh, real quickly. The only reason I I threw you under the bus, K hart is because you're just you're younger than I am, man. You're younger.
4: <laughs> I'm only twenty six. I'm not that young.
0: Yeah, but still, <laughs> I I can actually say that I actually had one of them. Churros. Okay, I cannot say that.
4: <laughs> I
0: cannot say that. Hey, you probably you probably don't even know about the Motorola Razor. <laughs> no, I know about the Razor. I know about the Razor. Don't play me like that. Don't play me like that.
4: Don't play gonna, me like
0: that. I'm gonna play it just a little bit just because I'm five years old. But yeah. um um uh, no. uh, go ahead, K R. Uh, no, I was
4: gonna say so about the championship, you know, it sucks that y'all didn't win. I was really disappointed just to see that play out in the, uh, the doc community that you guys didn't win. Cause I'm like, they, they about to win, aren't they? Like, there's no way they're going <laughs> to lose. And then they lost I'm like, come on. And then that was it. You didn't get another a chance. Like, you know, yeah, how that, that, was, like?
3: that was tough. You know, I, you know what? It, it's funny at the time. It was super tough. You know, when you make it that far in any sort of league, I don't even care if it's professional. When, when you have a long season months and months and you come up short like that, it sucks. It hurts, and then a week later we lose the team. So it, it hurt for a while, but I think it was almost perfect that we never won. And I, I'll tell you why. Because, like I said in the doc, um, I think I said in the doc, um, you know, storytelling. The bad guy ultimately is not supposed to win in the end. And you know what? I think it was kind of like karma. Where you know what? We um, we bullied our way there, but we just couldn't get it done. Um, it was tough, but I think being, what, 16, 17 years later, uh, I think it's almost perfect for our story that we came up just a little short. We, we weren't able. It, it's not always a happy ending, and um, that's why I think a lot of people are so fond of this team because it, it didn't end you know, so great You know, with the pageantry and this and that. There wasn't like a send-off, and, uh, but, yeah, it sucked. It sucked to come up short. I, I feel in my heart. You know, we were already, I mean, we were already working on year three, if there was a year three. And uh, I think we would have definitely taken it that year. But, you know, it wasn't meant to be.
0: Yeah. Um, so this is this is something I also want to bring up. So, again, the Trashers, as, as we watched in the documentary, so famous for fighting. Um, one of the biggest fights that we saw in the documentary, of course, came on December 1st against the Kalamazoo Wings. Uh, and that was when uh, Wingfield actually, uh, unfortunately, uh, broke his ankle, uh, yeah. or well, uh, the one of the players on the wings actually broke his ankle. Let me rephrase that. Uh, you actually got down onto the ice and voiced your opinion. You were actually you actually entered the penalty box. Is that correct?
3: Well, it was actually my father who who got in trouble. Oh, okay. where, well, I ended up in there too, but he got there before <laughs> me. But uh, yeah, it was uh, it was a crazy that was a really crazy night. I mean, uh, you know, Wingfield, you know, he was the heart and the soul of, he was the heart and soul of our team, you know? And, um, honestly, I I mean, there's not really any footage of what happened to him. I remember seeing it perfectly and, uh, he, he really endured a really bad cheap shot, you know? And, uh, you know, he snapped his leg, his ankle, it was, it was, it was, it was ugly. And you know what? It's, it's, um, It was one of those things where, you know, me and my father, we, we looked at this team as family and, um, you know, we weren't really happy with the way the refs controlled the game. Um, you know, even for our standards and we're usually the one creating hell and mayhem, but even to our standards, it was like, it was bad. And, you know, emotions got the better of us. And, uh, you know, we're, we're going to go to war for our guys, you know, even if we have to get down there with them, you know, that's just, that's just how we were. And, um, but, yeah, Crazy Night. That was definitely – that was one for the books.
0: <laughs> yeah. Uh, K-Hart, you got anything else, man? This one's
4: kind of funny. Um, so, so in the NHL, certain teams have their tradition where they throw something on the ice, right? So, your team was the trashers. So, how would you have felt – and I know you you see where I'm going with this. How would you <laughs> have felt if fans <laughs> threw trash on the ice? <laughs> before the- you know <laughs> – I gotta
3: tell you something, man. I've <laughs> never heard that suggestion in all these years. Really? And that's beautiful. I wish if look, that's see, you would have fit right into our front <laughs> office. That's a perfect <laughs> idea, man. Yeah. That is a beautiful idea. You know, I've never heard anyone suggest that. That that's that's that would have been pretty funny. Uh, I, I would I would I would I would have loved it. You know, any any, you know, we were so close, we were literally so close with our fans. I mean, I would literally before and after the games, we'd be down there in the lobby with them, bullshitting with them. They'd express their feelings one way or the other. They they'd give me like a a laundry list of trade requests and this and that. And uh, but that would have been funny. That would have been yeah. that would been a good one.
0: Yeah, um,
4: that's all I got though.
0: <laughs> yeah. So so here's the thing. So with the lockout happening in two thousand and three um one guy that i was a i kind of want to say that might have fit pretty well on this team um that i don't know if you were looking at him but because i saw you i saw in the documentary you were you kind of you kind of supported the mighty ducks a lot you supported the mighty ducks oh yeah uh, what about paul korea did paul korea ever cross your mind to become a a trasher
3: paul korea was on a whole nother level He, he probably wouldn't have been even uh he, you know, listen. You never say never, but he probably would have been totally out of the question. You know what I mean? But you know what? It's it's funny. I've talked to a few ex NHL players over the months, and you know, they said, "Oh man, I would have loved to play for the team." You know, now they say that, but back then, when we were just, you know, a crazy ass minor league team, no, one, there wasn't a no one was really kicking our doors down to play with us for, especially our first year. But right. it's funny. So many guys now are like, "Oh, I wish I would have known it would." His team would have blew up to this, and but uh, no, Paul Korea was a definitely a great player, and uh, but no, I, I don't even think you know. Allegedly, the bags of cash we would have had would have got him over here. So I don't think.
0: So. <laughs> right. All right. So this this is a big question that I have to ask you. So can we see the trashers coming back? I mean, is it possible that the trashers could possibly make a comeback? Either I don't think the USA is the UHL uh, still around. No. no, so, no. So what about the AHL? Could the Danbury trashers become a possible minor league team for an NHL team, you know, possibly around the New York and Boston area. I mean, could you, cause I mean, with the Netflix special, all of a sudden Danbury trashers gear is now being supported. It's being rocked. Everybody is uh, enticed by this documentary. I mean, could the Danbury trashers make a possible return as a minor league uh, hockey team?
3: Ah, I don't think so, man. I'm going to tell you why I will say this Danbury itself, no matter, you know, I'm not necessarily, I'm not necessarily saying myself or my father, but Danbury as a city could support hockey no matter what level I think it could actually support. I mean, we have a um, professional team here now, Um, you know, like kind of the same level we were at, but uh, I mean, Danbury could 1000% support an AHL team, maybe even an NHL team that that's, that's how big hockey has gotten in this area. But you know what, man, it's like, you never say never in the world. You never say never. I mean, I never thought that Netflix would be interested in doing a documentary of the Danbury Trasher. So you never know, but, um, hockey just so different now. Um, I think, and people ask me every day, "Oh, bring the team back, bring it. It would. I just feel like it would just be a massive disappointment because I think people would be thinking it's 2004 again and, uh, you know, having people going nuts. I mean, they, it's not – hockey itself, the game isn't really like that as much, you know what I mean? So it would be t- to bring the team back. Now, as far as, like, keeping the legacy going, you know, with the team, I mean – I've been working with different youth organizations throughout the country and like um adult leagues that want to wear our jerseys and wear our logos. I mean, those are obviously it's not the same caliber, but it, any way to keep the trasher name going, I'm all for, but as far as like a legit team, Hey, you never say never, but I just think it would be, it would be, um it would be a tough, it would be a tough thing to follow after, you know, what we did those two seasons. Mm-hmm.
0: Well, I mean, so, uh we we you and I have been talking now for like last few months and so and and I consider you now a good friend of mine. And and I'm and I'm not going to lie man. I'm I'm truly thankful that you know I got the chance to to have you on here, you know, because uh you know, again, you got to come out here to Seattle, got to catch a Kraken game, but of course, like I said last night on the phone like like on a phone uh, uh, don't start over.
3: this again. Don't start uh, this again. Come on, come again. on. You
0: got to come out here for a yankees marriage series, so so I can oh, boy. so so the Yankees can or so the marriage can stop on your Yankees. Oh, <laughs> God.
4: here we go. Can I can I leave now? Is my time up? I'm not getting in. No no no, 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 oh,
0: no, no. You're my st- God. you're staying. St- st- no, bro. You he,
3: you still, what do you think? You got Ken Griffey and Edgar Martinez still oh. playing over there? Don't don't start that with me. Oh. <laughs> <That's> <laughs> What do oh, you what do you, I... you got, Jay? We got Jay Buner over there. No, man, don't worry. I'm not worried. Well, we, well,
0: hey, we have Jay Buner. He's just selling fucking motor trucks out here. <laughs> have you seen that commercial? No. Okay, I'm gonna I'm gonna go ahead and text you that commercial. But um, he owns a couple dealerships out here, and oh that, wow, the, the slogan cracks me up. It's trucks, trucks, and more trucks, and tell them the bone sent you. And I'm just here's the thing: I find this hilarious because. If we actually do go to the, the dealership and we said the bone send us, do we get a, do we get a discount on the truck? Yeah.
3: I, I wonder. You should call him out right. on that.
0: I, I, well, I mean, I've been trying to get him on the show, but other, other than that, man. Um, but no, uh, I, I will say this. If you do ever come out here to, to, to Seattle, man, I want to get you out here because uh, with you saying, you know, you want to keep the trash, your name alive um there, you know, out here we can definitely get together and I've got an idea for a Pee Wee hockey team, man, because hockey's getting big out here in Washington. And I yeah. know that kids are, I, I want to try to get these kids, we need to try to get these kids more involved into hockey, but making, let's get, let's try to get, uh, you know, a Seattle Trasher team out here with with the yeah. logo and everything, man. Because yeah,
3: like, That's, it's definitely an idea that we've been toying with because, I've gotten so many people reaching out from seriously from all over. Oh, can we use the Trasher logo for our team? And the, so, listen, you know, it, it's definitely not something we're looking to possibly do to profit. It's just something to keep the legacy going. And uh, you know, we'll see yeah. what happens. But you know, as far as Seattle goes, I'd love to get out there. I, I heard it's a great sports town, and uh, you know, it'd be it'd be great to great to see it.
0: Yeah, definitely. Like I told you last night, uh, I'm taking a date with me to climate pledge here next month. We're actually, we're going to go watch the th- Seattle Thunderbirds versus the Everett silver tips, which is huge. And I mean a huge rivalry because uh, Everett and Seattle, I want to say are between 20 and 30 miles apart, which oh, is, okay. yeah. So, and, but uh, yeah, K Kay, uh, Kay Hart, you got anything left for AJ before he gets out of here? Uh,
4: yeah. As a matter of fact, during the lockout, <laughs> Why I have to know why did you not reach out to the seven foot three, 200 and some pound monster that is a Daniel O'Chara? I need to know why. <laughs> I have questions.
3: Well, listen, you know what? That's another guy that was probably uh, too high of a pay grade for us, but I will say this I will say this we definitely shot our shot. We yeah. went after some big time enforcers like, um, Georges Larocque, Donald Brashear, like some of the heavy, heavy. Heavy hitters at the time, and uh, you know, it just didn't pan out. You know, a lot of those guys on that level, they just um, they were just gonna wait out the lockout or whatever. They didn't really need the money anyway. Right. But uh, I did try to go full video game mode at one point, and I was looking to put together just like a line of like NHL enforcers, and uh, it just uh, it just didn't it didn't shake out. But it's uh, it, it's good to think about some of some of the mm-hmm. possibilities.
0: Yeah. Right. So um, both me and K Hart, we, we were talking, we were kind of nerding out here before you came on here, but we were also talking about the upcoming Batman film. Uh, the upcoming Batman film, it said the running time is going to be two hours and 55 minutes. Damn. So, yes. so we were talking about this it, real quickly, your opinion. So the only problem that we have with this movie is just the villains, because first of all, the Penguin's a decent villain, but the Riddler is not the greatest villain of batman and i don't but this is going to be a this is going to be a rated r batman so this is going to be a highly gritty impossible gory film
3: i'm a huge batman guy that's funny you brought that up i mean i love batman i mean that's my guy i mean i don't know man it's like it's hard to beat those christopher nolan batmans you know with heath ledger and uh you know, uh, the next one with Bane, uh, those are tough to beat, but this one is interesting. This one, um, I didn't have a lot of faith when I first heard about this one coming out, but it's definitely, I mean, Batman, anything I'll watch, it's definitely going to be interesting. I I agree with you. The, Hmm. the Riddler is an overrated villain, but who knows what they do with it? You know, it may not be the traditional Riddler, so it's going to be interesting.
0: Well, we do know that Jim Carrey's not playing it for once. <laughs> well,
3: yeah. So there you go.
0: Uh, but uh, AJ, dude, again, thank you much. For, thank you so much for joining me tonight, man. I appreciate the hell out of you for coming on here, man. Oh, of um, course, guys. I well, this was fun.
4: This is really fun.
0: Yeah. Um, any anytime you want to come on here and talk some hockey with us, uh, dude, just text me. You, I mean, I got your number. You got my number. Um, we we would love to have you back on here, man.
3: Definitely I'm I'm working on some things too you might be interested in talking about in the future. So hit me up in like a week or two. I, I got okay, some okay. stuff I can I got some stuff I can let out of the bag soon. So I'll oh, keep you Okay, okay. Up,
0: I see where I see where you're going, man. <laughs> I see where you're going. But uh hey, you need to make me a promise that in the summertime you are out here in Seattle. You gotta get out here during the summer because that's the most perfect time to come out here.
3: Does it rain as much as they say, or is no. that just a myth?
0: No, it's, yeah, okay, so so okay. here's so here's the thing. Everyone keeps saying it rains every day here. It doesn't. Um, okay. Now I want to say it rains about about three months fully, like full rain. It rains about three months of the year. Um, okay. But most of the time, it is it's beautiful weather. It is beautiful. Uh, the spring and summer and the fall are beautiful weather. It's just the winter that sucks ass.
3: Well, listen, you know, if I come out there, the Yankees might be raining a lot of home runs out there. So, you know, we'll see what happens.
4: <laughs> I like that
3: one.
0: I like that Yeah, that was good. Okay, yeah. You uh, got to go I off st- on that one.
3: Yeah, I that's still- it. I, my time is done here. So, thank yeah. you. All yeah.
0: right, brother. Hey, have a good night, man.
3: Take care. All the best, guys. Thank you for having me.
0: No problem, man. AJ Galante from the Danbury Trash, dude, that was good. I'm not hey even gonna guy. lie, that was that was good. That was a good yeah. comeback. But um, before we get to uh, before my uh, Sounders guy gets in here, I got, also got to talk about this. So What's we up? have a release date for the movie commentary channel. Okay. It the the first episode of BS BS commentaries is going to be released is and is going to be recorded and go live on February 17th, and it'll probably be around six or seven o'clock at night as you know uh i've already chosen the movie for that one k is not going to be a part of it we actually have yeah. we actually Y'all have, have someone late. we have someone else who is going to be uh this uh going to be coming on and uh doing that movie with me but uh we also have a guy who is interested in doing uh the podcast with us who is a uh, a big disney guy so oh good good okay. whenever we do whenever we do okay. disney films he'll come on but uh, I promise you this, K-, K. Hart. So, after the first episode, mm-hmm. the second episode, you choose the movie. You All are right. choosing the movie, and All right. so um, again, we 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 have our ch- we have our choices between comedy, action. I want to say I want to say some science fictions. I don't want to say it's. Uh, science or slash fantasy type of films. Okay. And we, cause we can't really do drama that much. The, the, uh, the first episode is just an ex- exemption just because yeah. I think that's just, that's just a movie. That that's I your favorite knock. movie. That's what that is. I, yeah. It is my favorite movie. movie. It's my fucking, and it's my fucking podcast. So <laughs> yeah. we're going to do my favorite <laughs> movie first. <laughs> all right. All right. But um, all right. before you get out of here, man, I do mm-hmm. want to talk, I do want to talk a little bit about some ducks hockey. So yeah. Yeah. Uh, th- Big congratulations to Troy Terry being yes. the last man in to get yes. into getting to the, the uh, thank you for the All Star game. Yeah, because I, I, he deserved it. Mm-hmm. He deserved it one hundred percent. I don't think, I think it was kind of. I thought it was funny because I saw some, Kraken fans saying, "Oh, let's get Mark Giordano in the in the in in the All Star game. Let's get Mark Giordano." And I'm just like, really. You want Mark Giordano as they just the last want the man. extra
4: representation. That's all it is. Oh uh, yeah, but it's
0: just is. yeah. I I'm a real fan. I'm am a realistic fan. I don't think Mark Giordano deserved to go to the All Star game, but Troy Terry mm-hmm. definitely deserved it. Um, it's it's really good that the that the Ducks finally have that uh, representation at the All Star game because, um, you know, ag- again, um, Troy Terry has had a good season. He has cooled off. A lot of the ducks have cooled off. The ducks themselves have cooled off, but you know, again, like I like I was saying earlier, you know, the Pacific Division is a very tough division, um, and I think it's going to go down. I think it's going to go down to the wire. I still think the Ducks are going to make the playoffs this year. I really do. Me too. Um, but I will say this though: uh, the Kraken are not making the playoffs. <laughs> I can say that for for damn sure. But hey, he
4: said it, not me. He said it. This is but, show. this But is here's mind. the thing
0: though: if if the Kraken were to play. I'll say this, if the Kraken were to play like they have been playing the last couple games. You know, you never know. You you just never know. Right. You, you you seriously never know. I mean like look at look at the Edmonton Oilers. They got shut out last night by the Florida Panthers for God's sakes. Right. Um but uh I do have to ask you this, are the Tampa Bay Lightning still your still your Stanley Cup favorites for this year? I,
4: I got to say yeah, just because I can't really see anybody out of the I want to say out of the Atlantic beating them. I can't see the Leafs doing it because they'll never face the Leafs because the Leafs got to get past round one. Um, Boston (laughs) has Rass coming late. I've never been a big Rass guy. They always fall flat um, with him in the playoffs. Not flat per se, but they always come up short with him uh, in the the playoffs. I'm not really a big believer. And uh, Florida – I don't know about Florida, but they don't have the experience like Tampa Bay does. Um, and the, the Metro is going to be interesting, though. But I still have the Lightning as my favorites right now.
0: I mean, that's fair. That's fair. Yeah. Um. But but again, so getting to getting back to the Ducks, though, again, they've yeah. been they've been struggling in this past uh, month and a half. I want to say month and a half now. It's been it's
4: been it's been a month and a half. Yeah, it's uh, been but, a month and a half know, since they've been. We know why. We yeah
0: and ask. it is I want to say it is because of this covid stuff mm-hmm. um from what I saw let me go ahead and look this see this again because I think I saw this but uh Ducks and Pucks tweeted this out let me go ahead and look it up but there's a few guys out for the Ducks tonight yeah um is, and so uh, whoops I, I accidentally there it is so we have so we have uh, Cam Fowler Josh Manson, Troy Terry, and Sonny Milano are all missing tonight, and um, the coach. Oh yeah, and the coach. And the uh, coach. I mean, that's that, that's just shocking as hell. I, I think, mean, but I that, think
4: that news broke like an hour ago. I don't yeah, that's what
0: that was um, real quickly though. I want to I want to bring this up because this is actually how we got our Disney guy for the movie commentary. Okay, uh, but uh, he tweeted about this a, a while ago, but I have to bring this up. Um, coach Zach, Coach Zach is back. He's not doing ducks game. Hold on a second. No, 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 no. <laughs>
4: About to,
0: you know what? I will see y'all next Friday. No, 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 no. Come on,
4: just no, I'm no, no. Just... the studio. No, you're not. Um, you guys are good. <laughs> y'all no, be so, good. so, so this is...
0: <laughs> Don't make me do this. I'm gonna say something I'm supposed to say. All I will say this is <laughs> I'm. He's he's gonna get he's gonna get slabbed for oh. for copyright content.
4: Oh. oh.
0: Okay, wait, is that it? Is that it? Yeah, because he okay. because he has a new channel called Gizmo okay. Duck Gaming.
4: Yeah. And if that's... and if
0: anyone and if anyone remembers the good old days of cartoons, mm-hmm. Gizmo Duck is a Disney copyright.
4: Yes.
0: And I'm really really surprised that Disney has not jumped on him because uh again, I'm not I know you don't want to get into this because I know you I... will you will, will say, say some,
4: some. I'm gonna no, say some. No, you will. You will say some shit that you will regret, and you I, can't. I can't. I'm not. <laughs> look, look. Okay, I'm, I'm gonna keep it as, as rated G as possible. Um, <laughs> the dude has negative videos. If you go into his video playlist, it's it's X Y Z sucks. X Y Z is bad. Why is X Y Z still a thing? It's it's just bad content. It's there's nothing positive about it. The and worst of people up
0: a wall. The worst thing about it is, uh, let me go ahead and bring in our Sounders guy Jackson Felt. What's going on, bro?
5: Good. Sorry for the delay, guys. I, I apologize. Uh, I no uh, The
0: snowman made money. Yeah, Jackson. The put me on made, the spot, made some money. <laughs> yeah.
5: Dude, You called you miss-
0: for it. Hey, you, asked, you asked for hey, the dollar bill. Missed, I you, gave you the dollar bill. You missed it last week. His snowman was grinding on the Apollo. Uh, on what it is, uh, he was. Yeah, it was like it was like a stripper pole. It was oh, like a stripper no. pole and I was just like where's the dollar bills? The snowman got dollar right. bills. Now. But um right. but but yeah, so so to quickly before you get off here. So yeah, coach Zach great the worst video that he actually ever had um was about Ryan Getzlav. Mm-hmm. I don't understand the hatred. That man just hates Ryan Getzlav. Yeah, yeah. yeah. <sighs>
4: I can't I can't put a thought together that doesn't include several explicitive languages. Um, well you can say it because we are an, we are we are uncensored. I just, you know what? I'm not gonna do it. I'm not gonna do it. All I'm gonna say is all I'm gonna say is stop it.
0: Get some help. That's all I'm gonna
4: say. All all right. I'm gonna say. But I'm about to hear. Y'all be good.
0: All right. Hey, next week let's uh definitely talk about some ducks wins and more cracking wins but jackson eight hey, you got how about that man we got we got a couple kraken wins to uh and uh we're going for three in a row tonight
5: tonight yeah what well, face off in about 10 minutes i think and uh it was last night's was awesome to give you me know, what four or five penalty kills in the final period uh, that was that, nuts.
0: that was okay i was getting pissed i was getting pissed off that the, the kraken were on the penalty kill for for almost 10 minutes but uh, yeah. we got a lot to talk about with the with, with the Sounders because they've made some huge and, I mean, some tremendous re-signings to keep this team together. One, uh, of course, is uh, Alex Roldan. Big time. Alex Roldan really came into himself last year. Um, and uh, he's the only guy to actually have a save, an assist, and a goal, I think, last year.
5: <laughs> yeah.
0: <laughs> but... But this definitely helps out the Sounders in a big way because you know uh, Alex Roldan. When I when I first saw him come up, I was like, "This kid can." He's I I will say this: he's not as good as his brother. He's definitely not as good as his brother, but his brother. But he definitely has bragging rights over his brother with the save and the assist and the goal. But you know, Alex Roldan is a key piece with the with both the defense and offense because. Um, He can he can still put the ball into into spots that you know can create uh, attacks and uh, possible goals for this Sounders club.
5: He can you know what's interesting about Alex Rodon was he, when he came in he came in from Seattle University where he was uh, you know working with Pete Fewing of course uh, head coach of Seattle U as as a more of a midfielder as a more of a kind of a right wing type of player. And that didn't fit his game. Um, not necessarily. I mean, it, that's kind of where he plays the best, but for an MLS level, it wasn't, it wasn't certainly where, where, where his game was at. So they put him back to then right back and he's good, solid right back. I think we all saw, I mean, we saw him start right back in the playoffs in, in 2020 and he started every game in the playoffs. And, and, you know, you can, you could say what you want about that Columbus game, but he had pretty darn good performances down the stretch for that team in 2020. And he kind of came into his own just very, at the end of that season where we started to see, Oh, this is, this is the kind of player that Alex rolled can be at that right back spot. Um, but then what Brian Spencer did last year and, and credit to Brian and credit to his whole coaching staff for, for, unlocking the next level of Alex rolled is they switched to a three at the back system where you play three center backs and then you have a large midfield. And in those midfield, instead of having a traditional right back and a traditional left back, you have wing backs. So they get way up and down the field. You have to both defend and you can really get forward and attack. And that allowed Alex rolled to unlock a whole new part of his game, both attacking and then still being able to defend. And at right wing back Alex rolled became probably one of the better wingbacks in our entire league um you know he he sends in such a beautiful ball that we really hadn't had the chance to see yet when he was at that right back spot but being right wing back we saw what a beautiful ball he can serve in there and and we saw that next level of his game now the interesting question for alex Rodon now is all right if brian goes back to the 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 old system the the 4-2-3-1 when if alex goes back to his old right back spot is he going to still have the qualities? Is he still going to be able to show that you know, next level that he did last year? That's the question that I have. Is, is is the Alex Roldan we saw in 2021 going to show up in 2022 with the, I should say new system, but with the old system, the four at the back system? So that's a big question I have, but um, no doubt bringing Alex Roldan back on that three-year contract is huge for the Sounders.
0: Definitely. Um, One player that, uh, so two other players that they brought back um, big in the attacking role is Will Bruin, who is just known for just scoring the most clutch goals in Sounders history. And of course, one of the greatest goal scorers in Sounders history as well, Freddie Montero. Uh, Last year, uh, David, who was on this show, he actually criticized the Sounders. He thought that this was not actually a smart signing by the Sounders. Um, I love that Freddie Montero kind of proved him wrong because Freddie, look, Freddie's not a starter. He can still be a starter when he needs to be. But now you have Freddie as both a starter and a bench player. If Rui Diaz needs to come off, if Morris needs to come off, uh, or if Bruin is starting and Bruin needs to come off. You have those two guys are such key bench players for this Sounders club. What do they, what do they, and a, a lot of people say, what is it that they bring to this team? They bring goals. They bring scoring opportunities (laughs) and they bring uh, the fact that, you know, Bruin and Rui Diaz, that's a good team. Uh, Bruin and more or raw, Rui Diaz and Jordan Morris. That's a good team. Freddie Montero and Rui Diaz. That's a good team. Three things go together. They all go together in just perfect harmony. So the re-signing of Freddie Montero, I think is gigantic. The re-signing of Will Bruin is monstrous. Bringing also Kellen Kellen Rowe back is a big, big piece that the Sounders need. And I and I'm just I'm honestly looking at this Sounders team right now, and I'm saying on paper, I think this Sounders team could be better than last year's.
5: This Sounders team is gonna. I I'll say right now, and I mean, I'll I'll put I'll put the declarative statement down. I think this is the best Sounders team of all time. Oh my
0: goodness. I mean, wow. That's, that's, that's a bold statement.
5: It's, I mean, it's a, it's a 28 man roster right now, and it might even be 29 that is deep as hell. I mean, this is so, so they've had, they've had really, really good rosters in the past, but I, I would say you know, the, the rosters that, you know, of 2019's roster was great. The 2020's roster was great. Um, you know, even last year's roster was great. The thing with those rosters is that they weren't as deep as this one is. And I think it's to the point that you just made about the veterans you're bringing back. Bruin, Montero, Rowe, Alex Roldan, we just mentioned. But then, in addition to all of these guys, you have the youth that has been developing for years now. You have... You know, a Sam Adinaran, who is also another forward in addition to Bruin and Montero. You have a young guy who's who's young and developing. You have all these young kids like a Danny Leva, Reed Baker Whiting, the list. Obed Vargas goes on and on and on, does the list, you know, with all of these players who are really, really talented and would probably start on other major league soccer teams who are going to be role players for the Sounders and just step in and you know they are starting level quality in this league so this team not only is it is it still really good at a top level and we talked last week about how Brian Spencer is going to fit in all these pieces into a starting lineup because it's going to be a a fun but challenging puzzle but in addition to that you're going to have this really high level starting lineup with with a, a bench of, of nine players, that is going to be a challenge to figure out who deserves to be on the bench today and who is, has, and isn't going to be on the bench today. I mean, that those decisions are going to be difficult for Brian because it's just going to be that deep. I was talking in, in the press box with some other Sounders reporters, and I think we all pretty much agreed that the bench players, if you if you lined up you know, what you would think would be the A-level team for the Sounders this year, and then you lined up a B squad, that B squad would compete for a playoff spot. That's how good this roster is. That's how good this team is right now. And and with that said all those veterans that you just mentioned, and you're, you're dead on about all that because because in addition to what they add, the goals, the assists, all that good stuff, Montero, six goals, a six assists last year. Bruin said earlier this week that he wished he had put more in, in more goals and he was in a contract year. He was pushing when he was injured. You know, Bruin's not going to have to do that this year now. So Will Bruin's going to be able to play a little bit differently, which should allow the goals to come a little bit easier. You know, in addition to all the goals and the assists they add. They had minutes, the minutes to to soak up. So so you know if you have Rui, if you have a games on 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 Sunday, on a Wednesday, and on a Saturday, I'm not sure if they have any of those this year. But nonetheless, if you have a three game week, right. Then you can put a Bruin and a Montero in there midweek and have no concern whatsoever because they are so so good and they're such high quality. So so yeah, I think I think this Sounders team in 2022, I think that they're going to have the most points that they've had. Again, as long as they stay healthy and knock on every piece of wood that's around you. But if they say if they say relatively healthy. I think they will rack up the most wins. I think they have a great shot to win the Supporter Shield. I think they're probably have the best shot to win CONCACAF of any MLS team in years. Uh, and then obviously MLS Cup goes without saying, you know, if you're healthy at the right time, you're going to have a chance to go win the darn thing. So um, it all comes down to health. But even if they have an injury or two that will inevitably, inevitably happen, they're so deep that they're going to be right there at the end.
0: Yeah, 100%. I mean, the the fact that you say that this team could possibly, you know, go deep in the CONCACAF, that's even more uh, amazing because, again, you know, uh, I've said this a lot in uh, – I've said a lot of the times that, you know, sometimes I think the CONCACAF is kind of a pointless tournament because, you know, what's kind of the point of watching this? Because I don't think this – you know, hardly any MLS teams get deep in that. But mm-hmm. with this team, it, it's possible. It yeah. really is possible to see. When you look, you look what they did last year in, in the Leagues Cup
5: when, when, when MLS yeah, and yeah. League of MX I and, almost, I they, almost completely forgot about that.
4: Uh, they got yeah,
5: to I the mean, final. They got to the final and, and they were leading after 60 minutes in that final. They really could have, I don't know that should have. I mean, but they really had a great shot to win that Leagues Cup and get three consecutive wins over Liga MX squads. Right there, it showed I mean, this team can not only compete with Liga MX, they can beat Liga MX. Now you have, if you ramp up with this preseason, you know, first game, you know, coming up against a Honduras team. But once you get in those later rounds
0: facing those Liga MX teams, they, they can really, really do it, I'm telling you. Definitely. Um Early on, you know, I I brought this up. I brought this up with you about, uh, you know, what's going on with uh, the Portland Timbers la- or the Portland Timbers fans last week, and uh, of course, uh, brought up uh, ECS and and everything else. But uh, putting everything aside, you know, is there any way that the I I'm trying to find the perfect wording to this, but is there really any way that the fans can, because I know I know. The, uh, the fans here are very supportive of the rain. They, they, they are very supportive of the rain. Um, I'm glad that they are now going to be playing at Lumen Field because that gives them uh, a better, uh, I wanted to say a better field to, to play on, a better stadium to play in, more fans to be uh, able to watch this. And not only that, this is also for a chance for uh, young women to, to get to watch these, these uh, adult women just play and just show what they can do and be like, hey, you can be playing on this field one day. So the relationship between teams and the fans is so important. And from what I've been seeing on social media, the relationship with the fans and the Portland Timbers is not good. It's not good right now. And, and look, do, and I 100% agree. It's not good. If the Sounders have had this bullshit come up, even I would be disgusted. I would be so disgusted. And I don't even think I could, Uh, I don't, until the team's, could do something very significant that would, uh you know, make a difference of what happened. You know, you have a lot of damage control to do. And I think it's going to take a couple years before these, before the fans can actually look at both the Timbers and the Thorns and say, Hey, we can finally trust these guys because I want to real quickly, before you give your rebuttal on this, let me give a good example. It took, <laughs> I'm going to put the Mariners in this. It took the Mariner fans over, what is it? 15 years now to finally trust the front office because we have an ownership that wants to know what the players wants, wants to hear what the players need, and they want to know what the players want to do. They actually listen to the players. They also listen to the fans. So it's an organization and it's an ownership that cares. So yep. again, it took a long time for the Mariner fans, including myself, to trust the front office, and I think it's gonna t- and I think it's gonna do the same with the Thorns and the Timbers with the fans.
5: Yeah, no, I, g- I agree. It, as we kind of talked about last week, it's such a tough situation down in Portland. That's just going to continue to evolve, and and you know the the, the merit pulse and out sort of thing is 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 you know there's momentum obviously because of everything going on down there. And, and it's just one of those things that, you know, I'm, I'm just kind of, we're watching up here from Seattle, just kind of, and and we talked about it last week, how like, you know, Portland Timbers fans, I have friends who are Portland Timbers fans and, and, you know, it's, it's that rivalry, but it's also, you know, it's that, it's that deep hatred for the organization, but it's also, you know, it also is sort of just kind of your, your, your little brother. Um, and, 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 you know, it, you know, so, so it, I I do I kind of you know have an eye on on everything going on down there and it is tough because you know certainly if I was a Portland Timbers fan I would have complete distrust you know in 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 what's going on but you know it's just it's a, once again it's about Staying in in tune with everything, you know, st- you know, just listening to and and following these investigations and everything going on, and and following what's going on, and and hearing every side of it, you know. And as a fan, as a as a Pearl and Timber fan, as a Pearl and Thorn fan, I would know just be trying to find every piece of information possible to you know to to, to make my opinion on it but but certainly I think the, I think the distrust that fans have in in the leadership is is understandable I, I I just could never imagine anything like that happening with with our organizations because you know we have such a culture here and 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 knowing and I mean ha- having sat down and having listened to to people like Adrian Hanauer speak at length you know, and and the the culture that people like him have instilled in this club, people like Brian Schmetzer have instilled in this club from from day one. I mean, it's such a it's such a rich and and healthy and beautiful culture that we have here in Seattle. Um, you know, and and I, and I know the rain is an extension of that of that Seattle soccer culture. Um, I mean, it would be it would be shocking if anything ever happened like that, but I, I just it's impossible to see because of of the way. That our leadership works for our soccer community and and our soccer franchises here, and it's it's just—it's just—it's really wonderful to 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 work to work with, work for, um, and and just witness uh, you know these people and work and and you know it's from the top down. I mean, we talk about you know, organizations and, and the cultures. And it, it really is top down. I mean, from you look at you know, Mariner Seahawks, all the, all every franchise, right. It's, it's the ownership from the top down I mean, Dallas Mavericks with Mark Cuban, right. I mean, the, the culture from an owner, standpoint, <laughs> the owner instills a culture and, and, you know, good or bad an owner instills a culture. And, and the, the culture that we have with our franchises here is, is just wonderful.
0: Yeah, real quickly, man. You need to help me get a media pass for the Sounders. I need. I, I need to start. I need to try, start trying to get media passes. Uh, well, no, no, no. Because I have got a goal of myself. Uh, I want to be able to to go to these games, be able to make content for this channel. Uh, the Mariners is a big one. I really want to try to get a media pass for next year, so that way I can actually uh, go to the All Star game, make some because con- that be, that'd be some good content. But uh, you know, if you if you definitely do have any uh, players who would love to come on to this show um that i don't know if you do have context that they can uh are able to come on but we'd love to have them on here because again uh we've had a, we've had uh, we just had aj galante from i don't know if you watched the the special on the danbury trasher's that you can tell i'm wearing the jersey right here but uh we just had him on and uh we've we've had a bunch of hockey guys a bunch of baseball guys a bunch of, uh, we just had lofa tatupa on last week but uh, we we're 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 desperately in need of some soccer guys. <laughs> uh, we'll we'll talk we'll talk off the air
5: and and uh, and and I'll and I'll I'll make sure you have the right people.
0: I, I appreciate it, man. I appreciate it. So um, another thing that I want to talk about. So the the this upcoming year for the Sounders, it, I mean, right now I think the 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 mentality of this season is it's MLS Cup or bust. That's it because I. I want to say that this past, the, the, uh, the loss to RSL 21 shots on, on net, not even one goal. It's, it was painful. It was true. It was truly painful because, you know, it, that that, that, visceral
5: reaction when you like mention that i just like whenever anybody mentions that (laughs) that game i just like (laughs) i have a reaction to that and i have a reaction to the the portland game in 2018 i just have these intense like i just want to like throw something
0: the the portland one um i was actually in a bar in arizona and everyone was looking at me like i was insane because i was just on i was just like bawling my eyes out i'm just like how can we lose like this but no i think this season for the for the sounders is just the mentality of mls cupper bus because there's a tradition with this sounders club since 2009 um it's there is no excuse for not making the playoffs and you know they they've really instilled in into a north american sports as one of the winningest franchises uh you know in sports in general but also having one of the longest playoff streaks in uh sports history and think about this you know what Seattle what other Seattle team can say that they've made the playoffs that long you know other than the Seahawks they, I mean oh well actually I don't even think the Seahawks have made it the well actually no the Seahawks made it nine straight years in a row no it was eight years no, in a row I mean, with Russell Wilson
5: it maybe was even less
0: because they didn't make it in
5: seventeen.
0: Oh yeah, that's right. So, so let me rephrase it. So that's,
5: um, we'll only be like, so they, they made it, they made it, I think, yeah, five of six, seven of eight. Uh, and then if you extend that to 19 and, uh, 20, it would have been something, it was something like nine out of 10 years, but, but yeah, I mean like Sounders 13 straight and they've
0: never, as since they've been in MLS, they've never missed the playoffs. I mean, and, and it's going to be
5: 14 it, this year.
0: Well, yeah, easily. But I think I want to say that even though that we don't have the number of MLS cups as uh, let's say the LA Galaxy have, you know, but I want to say that the the, the Sounders are the most successful team in this, uh, in in just this, uh, in this entire sports league, because again, you know, no team in the entire MLS can say that they've made the playoffs over 14 straight years, not even the LA Galaxy, but it's, you know, this club has a winning mentality. It and they're in. I, I will actually, The when the day comes, when the day comes that they don't make the playoffs, I'm just like, damn, this is what it feels like. Yeah.
5: <laughs> it's, hard, it's hard to even envision missing the playoffs, right? Because they'll make it this year, but it's, it kind of goes to that culture, but in that winning mentality, right? But like this year specifically, like the expectations this year are so high because. They've really built this really special roster: Garth Loggerway, Craig Weibel, Brian Spencer. They've built this really spectacular team, and anything less than an MLS Cup berth is just going to be like it's just going to be such a disappointment. And and I I mean it it's so hard to like actually say that because I know Brian Spencer if he heard that would would say Jackson we have to set our expectations and you know I, 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 <laughs> I, I, I and and like and we, we we have to like you know kind of just you know, back off a little bit. And I understand that I get it. But like you look at on paper, on paper, this is ridiculous. And, and so the expectations are there, whether, whether you want them or not, you know, Brian or Garth, whatever, whether you want the expectations or not, they're there because of what you've done over the last two months. And, and it, I mean, you look at it four MLS cup bursts in five years, like, (laughs) <laughs> the, the proof is in the pudding that this team just consistently gets to the final and, and it will come down to if they are healthy in, in those final couple you know weeks, right? You know, if we get into October and there are major injuries, then suddenly the expectations change. Obviously you have to, you have to be able to adjust your expectations, but right now on this January day, the expectations are sky high. And, and like I said, you have to be able to adjust, but they are what they are right now and and it's this weird cycle of you know you're you're knocked out in penalty kicks and then you go win MLS cup and then you lose MLS cup they've done this where they won in 2016 they lost in 2017 they didn't make it in 2018 well, they won in 2019 they lost in 2020 they didn't make it in 2021 just Let's continue this cycle and let's go <laughs> win it in 2022 because uh, it makes sense just based on the roster, based on the, and I'm I'm a weird for superstitions like that. Like, I'm, I, I don't know if it's, if, it, if, it, if there's no credibility to what whatsoever, but based on everything, I, when, when Vegas odds come out, Sounders should be the odds on favorite to go win MLS cup because of the history, because of the roster and because it's just their time.
0: Definitely. Uh, that's a, that's going to be wrapping up the Sounders talk. But before we get you out of here, man. So a big announcement that we just said that we just had on our last segment. Uh, the newest podcast from uh, the Seattle Sports Diaries family, BS commentaries, a uh, movie commentary channel, is actually going to be dropping here next month. Mm. Uh, so that's going to be fun. We're going to have a bunch of people actually do it. I don't know if you'd be interested in doing it. Um, I
5: love movies. Yep, I, I, <laughs> I absolutely love it. Yep. So um, I, so absolutely. The, uh,
0: the, the, the first movie that we're commentating, because this was my idea, I get to choose the first movie. I'm getting my favorite movie knocked out just right away. We're doing Titanic.
5: <laughs> what? Hold on. What? Is there is there a problem with my, my, my volume here? Did, did I hear you say your favorite movie is Titanic?
0: I'm a Titanic enthusiast. <laughs>
5: I know. Uh, why, why don't you plan to bring me on for the second movie? Why don't, why don't we do that? <laughs> real good.
0: Um, so, uh, K-Hart's going to be doing the second movie with me. Uh, I'll bring you on for the third movie. So, I'll, I'll choose a better movie. I will choose a better movie. But we actually have a guy who uh, is actually going to be our Disney guy. So, whenever we have a, uh, a Disney movie, so he'll be doing that. I already actually have the first Disney movie planned out. It's going to be The Sword in the Stone.
5: Okay. Okay. I mean, my, whole, my wife, my wife's the Disney person. She's, she's seen every Disney movie about 400 well, times. That well, number here's the like? thing.
0: I don't think, she, I don't think she'll want to listen to this podcast because it's going to be, <laughs> it's going to be some really hard jokes to, it, it, because, <laughs> so this is actually a funny thing, a funny story about how this movie commentary channel uh, popped into my idea was me and David last year, we were actually watching stored in the stone <laughs> we were kind of commenting on it. And we were making the most, we were making some of the most crudest jokes in the oh world. Geez. And oh boy, <laughs> not, not, not really bad ones, not really bad ones, but it was, it was something that we thought that, Oh, I think people would get a hoot out of seeing or listening to this. But, uh, you know, I was, I went like this. I'm like, we should definitely do a movie commentary channel. He's like, Oh dude, we need to do this. And, Unfortunately we couldn't get to it but now mm-hmm. it's uh, finally getting started up but um, one trilogy that I'm looking forward to, and I will say this I think this is gonna be within the first three months that I want to do this trilogy and I will do it with I will do it with three different people I will do it with Kehart I, I I don't know who's gonna do which movies but the Ninja Turtle movies those <laughs> always have they have they have a special place in my heart um, no, it, it's not going to be like a bad crude type of jokes one but it is going to be more informative of the movie but there will be jokes in there but um, i'm lo- th- uh, here here
5: i thought you were about to say like 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 the lord of the rings trilogy the back to future trilogy or like oh, the Matrix dear trilogy. god in heaven and, 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 and you roll and you roll in with ninja turtles
0: <laughs> what dude? come on ninja turtles is a good trilogy <laughs> But um no, we'll definitely do the back to the future trilogy and the Star Wars trilogy. I don't know if I will be able to handle the Lord of the Rings trilogy I re- here's the thing. I'm big into like Harry Potter, I'm big into the Game of Thrones, but I can't do Lord of the Rings for some dumbass reason
5: hmm. <laughs> Try it again try it again
0: I, I, well I'm gonna I'm gonna have to I w- I will if if someone wants to bring up the Lord of the Rings trilogy if if, if it's you, then I will do it. I will fellowship
5: two towers. Return of the King is the greatest three uh, extended editions is the greatest three movie. You know, I've, I've done it a couple of times where you watch all three extended and like one day you start at like 9. AM and you just go, um, you make sure to have like all of the food you can possibly need, you know, and just, just continuously go. It's just, it's, it's like a religious experience watching all three.
0: Well, again, like I said, I will definitely, I think you're going to have to be the one that does, th- th- that will actually do the Lord of the Rings with me. So I think th- you will be the Lord of the Rings guy.
5: I'll bring in, I'll bring in my host, uh, Dave Softy Mahler, and he and I will just geek out <laughs> about Lord of the Rings. I, <laughs> no, I tell you, if we, if you, if we invited him to do a Lord of the Rings thing, he would, he would welcome that. Trust me.
0: Okay. So here's the thing. I will make sure that it's at a time where Softy can do it because I've been trying to get Softy on this podcast for a long, long time. I've met him at I've met him a few times at the at the Mariner Games and we've done a couple of videos together. But you know, that would be interesting of actually having soft I know Softy can come up with the, the off the air, I'm willing to bet that man could come up with some of the worst and nastiest jokes in the world.
5: No comment. <laughs> I'm his producer, no comment. <laughs>
0: All right. Well, hey, um, we're gonna t- we'll talk Sounders soccer next uh, week. But uh, you actually missed the uh, the intro video, man. You missed the first intro video. You I mean, do you care to see it? What it looks like now? Let's do it. All right. So uh, everybody, so if everybody missed the intro video, this is uh, officially the new Seattle Sports Diaries intro. And that Seattle Sports Diaries podcast. Now here is your host Mike and the rest of the SSD gang. Well um, done, well so done. Um, Max Tanzer, Max Tanzer. I will. Uh, I need to. I'll send you his information uh, when we uh, DM off the air. But he did a amazing job. I again, I want to give Max just an incredible shout out because he worked his ass off for almost two months, almost two months. He worked on this. Um, he got the old baseball tonight theme song. As you heard, he put a little bit of the, the, the now baseball tonight theme, but he, he added the, the classic sports center theme into it, but he did everything the right way. Um, the first file that he sent me was too big. He sent me a smaller version of it. And I'm really glad that it actually is this one. So, uh, Again, if anybody needs like intro videos for their podcast, intro videos for anything that they do for social media, this guy is the one that you need to call. Uh, Again, I will leave his information in the, in the description below his Twitter account where you can uh, give him a follow, give him a, give him a DM if you need any help. But Max, again, he, he did a, I mean, I was, when I first saw it, I was almost in tears because I'm just like that. I got
5: chills. I mean, just watching. Yeah, watching I mean, it was, it was an me.
0: incredible, when I first saw mm. it, I'm just, I'm just like, oh man, I got a, I got a Seattle sports. I, I mean, it was just like, I don't want to say what I had, but it was just like, it, it just, it's, it's a Seattle sports turn on it. Just seeing all of it. And he put together mm. the best, one of the best things that he did about that was putting uh, Jonas Donskoy's game winner in that. I saw that. I, yeah. He, he how did about a great that? job with that. And I was really, I was really, really happy that he did that. So. Um, he's gonna be working a little bit with us for uh, more content and everything, but um, he also uh, what was it? He's uh, I I mentioned a little thing that he should do, but I said that uh, at the start of the 2020 season, he needs to do a um, a, a Mariner's family matter opening theme, like where he shows all the players, like f- just to the theme of family matters. <laughs> I
5: can see that. I can see that. No, it was just, that's outstanding. Outstanding to fit in all those great moments. That was really cool.
0: Oh yeah. And I'm and the, one of the best part is, is that when, when the diaries logo, uh, the, the two players that highlight it is uh Griffey and Steve Largent. I thought that was perfect. I thought that was absolutely perfect when he did that. But, mm-hmm. um, yeah I was I was super happy with how it came out and I'm super excited that you know we ha- I have all of the uh, you know especially you on this podcast joining the SSD family it's uh, truly a great blessing that you are that you have become a part of this team because um, now we are officially a Seattle sports podcast with Seahawks, Mariners, Kraken and uh sounders uh we do need it we need to uh i will say this though so uh some wnba news uh, i want to put this out we don't really talk wnba on here we have i don't think actually i don't think we've ever talked wnba on here Big news today though uh, yeah uh brianne stewart uh Breonna stewart uh is no longer a, a storm but i want to say this so bleacher report put out the news about it and this is the thing i saw mo- a lot of tweets i saw a lot of tweets about it saying no one cares who's this, but I saw Kitchen and I'm just like, dude, you freaking kidding me. And, and look, I get that they're making jokes, but jokes like that are not funny. And I'm going to put this out there. Jokes like that are not funny. Um, Look, if you're with your friends and you know, you're joking about it, you can make jokes like that. That's what I'm saying, but it's not funny to be misogynistic for real. If, if that makes any sense, by the way
5: not funny at all just never whether you're with friends or not like no it's terrible like don't no, even it, never it really make that is. Joke.
0: well i mean i've, ha- I've had female terrible. friends i've had female friends who've even said that to me <laughs> they've even told me to go into the kitchen and work but um no it, it, it's just unacceptable and it's and it's mostly trolls who are probably still living in their mom's basement
5: <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, but, uh, we'll see what happens with Stewie. That would that would be terrible if the storm were to lose her. But uh, you know, so we'll we'll see.
0: Definitely. Uh, but it but also big news is that Sue Bird's coming back for one more year. That's a, that's big for the WNBA. Um, but uh, a big thing that I also want to talk real quick about WNBA before we get out of here. Uh, a lot of people, like you saw in that tweet, they say you know this isn't a real sports league. Uh, but the problem that I have with the WNBA is they don't promote it well enough. I don't think the WNBA promotes it well enough to where it can get a marketable uh, uh, income to, to to where, you know, they can actually make even millions more to where players can get high paying contracts. Uh, because I've also looked at this. It's, it, it's kind of funny, but uh, international uh, women basketball players make more than WNBA players do. And I kind of think, I kind of think that's a little bit, I really don't like that. I, I don't like that at all. I think the WNBA needs to promote themselves a little bit better.
5: Yeah. I mean, I mean, coming from the soccer perspective, right? I mean, income inequality, you know, something that, that female soccer players have been fighting for for a while. And obviously there, I think I'm no, just following my buddy, Mickey Turner, um, you know, and he, he's really dialed into legal stuff in, in the soccer world. You know, I think, I think that that's something in, in, in the soccer world and then uh, certainly in other sports where income inequality across genders certainly is something that needs to get figured out because you look at the United States women's soccer team that has just consistently dominated, dominated, dominated. They need to be to the men. paid
0: seven figures. Right. Every player, right. because, because I'm going to say this um, and I've spoken out about this and I think the men need to be getting a smaller paycheck than the women do because this is my thing. The women have won more World Cups. You, they bring in more revenue, and it's 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 unacceptable that that these women soccer players do not get the the pay the the pay that they rightfully deserve. Um, I know some players who have contracts with Nike. They do get uh, a good amount of money from them for its sponsorships and everything. But it, it's the fact that the country itself does not want to pay these women what they rightfully deserve. I feel like these women need to be making seven figures with how good they are.
5: Yeah, change. I mean, changes are needed at the federation level and, and they should, they should be paid by the success that they're having and by exactly. winning world cups and by, you know, consistently making finals and consistently having the massive success that they have. And they're going to continue to have massive success. You know, they, they should be compensated as, as, as such. And and you know hopefully hopefully the men pick it up hopefully the men you know get 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 there as well I mean certainly the, this team is looking better and Christian Roldan Jordan Morris were uh, named to to their to their World Cup qualifying matches today so you know hopefully this this next. Crop of men can do something in in Qatar here later this year, and and move forward here to twenty twenty six when the World Cup's going to be here in the United States as well as Mexico and Canada, and hopefully the men, you know, slowly start to pick it up and and get to maybe not where the women are, (laughs) but get to more of a respectable place on the global scale.
0: Yeah, definitely. Um. uh, So I've got a World Cup uh, bold prediction that for for the U.S. men's national, um if they continue to play the way they have been playing and they, and they've been playing at a six, very high level they've been able to uh beat the teams that they need to beat when they need when they face the tough opponents they're able to gut out wins we could possibly see a round of 8 US men's national yep. team at the world cup i yep. mean but absolutely I, I, Quarter,
5: I quarterfinals. Quarterfinals. I'm not going to say quarterfinals are the expectation, but quarterfinals is where you should where where is where the federation should have their sights because the team is the team is good enough on a on a great day, uh, on a great day they could they could they could beat a bunch of teams that are right in and around the eight to twelve range and if that's if that's where you're playing, you know you're around a sixteen game. And, and you need to win it to, to get to the quarterfinals on, on the right day with the right performance, they can get to that quarterfinal and, and be one of the eight teams left. And I, I, I would, my God, can you imagine this country? If, they, if the United States were to make a freaking quarterfinal so in Qatar I, later this year, so it
0: would be, be huge. Here's, here's my real quick take on U.S. men's soccer that I find that is, I think, the greatest thing of all. When it comes to World Cup play for the United States, Here's the thing. And this is what I love about it. And this is also what I love about sports. Um, when it comes to cheering for your country, it doesn't matter what political side you're on. It doesn't matter if you're Democrat, Republican, Libertarian. Every one of us, we're focused on one thing. We're focused on cheering for that team. We're focused on cheering for our country. United and, States, baby. Yeah. USA all the way. And I, I mean, I look, I I truly wish that this country was more united than it than it uh than what it is right now. I really wish that, you know, we can stop focusing on certain topics to where we can just get along. But I think everybody in this in this country can agree on one thing. Sports brings us together no matter what. Yeah. Sports brings sports brings us together and it kind of brings out the ugly side in us sometimes. But the. Uh, Yeah, so that's going to do it for this episode of Seattle Sports Diaries. We're going to be seeing you next week, guys. So...